Well, as the 2020 or 2021 Olympics starts over in Tokyo, we thought we'd bring you a super special guest to the Two Men on the Run podcast. We've got the 1992 Olympian and 1990 silver medalist at the Commonwealth Games, Anne Griffiths. Yeah! Welcome to the show. Come on, Anne. Yeah! Yeah. <laughs> well, Anne, I've been doing my research. I believe you went to the same school as me, which yes. is the reason why you were so successful. Absolutely, yes. I think it was something in the air, wasn't it, around uh, St. Teresa's in Devon Street? I never Island. learned nothing at school, but no. how did you find your, your, your St. Teresa's Devon Street? Um, it was great. We didn't have a blade of grass around the school. so. By the way, you were brought up next to a chippy. I was. Your mother smoked heavily during pregnancy. She did. And you still came through as a champion. I don't know how I did it. Against yeah. all the odds. But do you know that school was fantastic? Did you Did you have a happy a happy childhood? Very happy. Yeah, only child as well, so I was kind of spoiled. Not in material ways, but in sort of attention and, you know, and happy childhood, playing out. Any siblings? No, only child. Only child, sorry. Only child, yeah. Centuries, you were going to say that it was a, it was a very special school. It I mean, personally, to me, I'd say it was... Rubbish, we, we, no, no, we had a head teacher called Mr. Higgins, and yeah. he really loved rugby league. And it was a very sporty school, even though we didn't have a blade of grass. Not a blade of grass. Not one blade of grass. To this day. To this day, they don't have a blade. But um, that school produced about oh, I don't know, quite a number of like Paul Wellens. Say, yeah, Paul yeah. Wellens, and um, oh, quite a few of them. I can't name them because I'm not really into rugby league too much. But um, but produced quite a few Saints players, St. Anna's rugby league players. So. And he was very keen did, to did, do did sports. Take... sports day was huge, but I was not the fastest person in my school. That's interesting. The last year, there's a girl called Julie Flinders who used to beat me on a regular basis. <laughs> and was Julie a part of a club? An athletic uh, no, club, not no? at all. No, no, she... none of us were because like people didn't go to running clubs until they got a bit older back in that, you know, around about 1976. That's the year... Yeah. That was the Montreal, Montreal Olympics, Olympics. And I actually watched, I'd finished primary school. How old were you now? Um, so I was 11. And you're going to Notre Dame, yes. which is now Carmel College, yes. really. That's where, where it's... I watched the Montreal Olympics mm. and I said to my dad, I want to kind of do that running. I watched Alberto Lontolino in the 800 in, win the gold medal, yeah. Cuban athlete. And asked my dad, would you take me to Ruskin Drive to Phillips? So you, you knew about Ruskin Drive? You'd... Yeah, yeah, I knew about it because we played out there. And had you seen the film, um, which there's a, there's, there's a clip in, within the film from Ruskin, yeah, I believe. Yeah, in Charity yeah, Fire, yeah. yeah. they filmed that. We tried to get on set, actually, yeah. that day we were filming there. I only saw it a few so, weeks ago. I saw it a few yeah, weeks for the first time. Film. I enjoyed it. Yeah. The My, scene is on the track when the... It's American the American training train. camp, isn't it? Yeah. So if you watch... My, I believe Mike Doolin... Um, is in a small, he plays an extra. Yeah, um, Oh, because it was filmed over couple of them. But then someone said it was Cowley School, so I got confused. There's different sets, there's different places. Yeah. It was also yeah, yeah. at Cowley yeah. as well, was it? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But great so, film, but it was filmed after. So that Montreal Olympics, though, that was. That was the thing that got me sort of interested. So my dad took me down and he said, you know, um, let's see how good you are. You might not be that good, really. I was quite a good runner. I was, was very, the, I was, was a tomboy and, you know, I played out a lot, raced with all the lads up and down the street. There's a famous cinder track at Ruskin. Yeah, and, there's and not a there anymore. It's all gone, no, but it's all gone. What, was the, uh, what was the club called? It was called Pilkington Athletic Club. Oh, yeah. So it was linked to the company in St. Helens, which produces glass, and, yeah. and it, was, it had been there for a long, long time. And there was an Olympian down there called Brian Green who ran the full... Uh, the 100 metres or four by 100 metres in one right. of the Olympics gone by and 
There was a girl called Janet Lawrence who had been to the Olympics as well. So it was a good club and the first coach I had there was amazing, a guy called Dave Goodwin and he had a small group of athletes and it was, it was really good and I, my first oh. race ever was the Merseyside cross country and I came about fifth, sixth in that, well, I was well, yeah. So uh, I was naturally yeah. just a, and back then just I a ima- distance from I that. imagine it, the, the standard was higher as well back, you know. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, Merseyside Generally. cross country was really, really good mm. quality. You know, you had the Liverpool Hellies girls and Wirral. Liverpool Pembroke and a lot of girls used to run really well out of Liverpool. Do you recall? Were the Merseyside or Lancashire back then? Merseyside. Merseyside. Yeah, the men were still Lancashire, but the girls were still Merseyside. Do you recall any of those early sessions with that coach? Um, I do, yeah. I mean, we used to. I remember my first day down at the track, and and I was only small at the time, and he said, Right, he said, we're doing four laps around the track, and we're sprinting the straight, jogging the bend. Four laps, try and keep up. And I thought, hmm. So I, I sort of just ran fast all the way and beat everybody. <laughs> My word, <laughs> So yeah. he said, Jake can join. What would you put that down to? Are you, are you quite active outside of school? Oh, yeah, or are exactly. you just natural? Yeah, I played out. I mean, you that back out. in the day in the 70s when, you know, you just went out all day and played. But I lived in a street full of boys. Balfour Street. Like, Balfour Street and Chamberlain Street. With the chippy. Yeah, with the chips and everything, yeah. Running it's, around the park. Just, well, we used to... I used to try and beat all the boys all the time because the street was full of boys. So I was a tomboy. I yeah. used to run out all the time and I think it was just naturally aerobically fit. You had lots of energy. Yeah, yeah. I, I can tell that you, 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 you've you got lots of energy. Yeah, yeah. I think I probably had ADHD to be honest and it wasn't diagnosed. <laughs> 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 but yeah. yeah, yeah, so... I think I think a lot of runners, including myself, I think we're all uh, on the seem to be quite a few on the what they would call the, the spectrum, spectrum, which is a lovely word, isn't yeah. it? Or maybe yeah. not. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. And um, but just no. basically, I think you just had lots of energy, and yeah. you needed you, at least sure. at least back then in the schooling that you had, you had the the Mr. Higgins and and, and then your coach at Ruskin were able yeah. to alleviate that energy. Mum and dad were very supportive, and I think what it was, I just found something that. I just really, really enjoyed. I was very, very shy, believe it or not, because now I can talk the hind legs of a donkey. <laughs> but um, back then, I was a very, very shy little girl, and it was something that I did that I found I could express myself. Mm. I was, you know, and it was just, yeah. I found just something. I thought, I love this. And, it made you and feel... I was quite successful early doors, and I was just naturally fit, and it's, I just loved it. So, with that early yeah. success, then you wanted more and more. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. And, how long did you stay with that particular coach um, for? I stayed with him. He finished coaching. He was a very good coach, um, but commit. Obviously, coaching takes a lot of commitment, and he had a you know family issues going on. So he left the club, and my dad was coaching me, um, helping me do sessions. Yeah. And at the time, by the so way, your father did he have any experience in? in he was a sprinter at school. Oh, he was. He yeah. loved sport yeah. in general, and he was quite well read with. Yeah. You know, he, he was interested mm-hmm. in athletics. But um, at the time when I was about 14, Sutton Harriers, which is the other club in St. Helens, their girls were running really, really well. And they were, I'd run against them on a regular basis over cross country and they were running really well over cross country and distance races. And I went up to Sutton Harriers and joined them. And the year I joined, I couldn't run for the club because you have to serve a van. Um, But the girls won the national cross country team wise with, um, I think it was Sue Woods, Lynn Boses, like Jamie Webb's mum. Um, and those girls won and I was actually the third counter that day but I didn't count yeah. so with oh, me yeah, we'd yeah. have smashed it you yeah. know so yeah, yeah. over at Runcom and that's amazing Sutton Harris yeah, yeah. to win the 
national. The national. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that perhaps the last time? And that was really good because, like, for a couple of years, we were all like a really good team. We were winning lots of things like Northern Road relays, Northwest relays, and stuff. So. And training with those girls really pushed you on again, yeah, even further. Yeah, yeah, and your yeah. coach at the time? My coach at the time was Dr. Phil Thomas. Dr. Phil the Thomas. Dr. Phil Thomas. Yeah. And then um, my dad sort of took over my coaching because I wanted to run the 400 a bit and do a bit of sprinting. So my dad coached me till I was about 16. Right. So from going for, from cross country, which is a bit significantly yeah. longer, you, you decided for what reason you wanted well, to go short? I was short. running on the track. I was running 800s and 1500s. And I was quite quick over 200 and I, I was quite nippy yeah, so I was yeah. running quite fast times so just for a bit of fun I did the 400 metres in the Merseyside Schools and qualified for the English Schools at the 400 how old would you be now sorry 16, 16 so yeah. that then you did run the full distance now I think yeah. you were slightly older so got to Birmingham and got to the final lane 8 PB of 56.2 um, ran as fast as I could this typical mate I thought I'm just going to run yeah. fast got to the home straight thought where is everybody and I just carried on going crossed the line in 55 seconds My word. championship best performance mm. 55 at 16 yeah. English skills champion and my dad went I think we need to find another coach <laughs> so I yeah. thought right that's like I'm a sprinter um, so I actually from that point um, a guy called Eric Hughes from Sale Harriers did a Northwest training squad so then what happened was I just used to go there a couple of times a year, and then obviously I started going down to Sale Harriers. Oh, so you left. Points. So you left something before the split yeah. and stuff like that. And yeah, then yeah, the yeah. I stuff. left. I was still sort of involved with Sutton Harriers. I actually was training at Sale Harriers, yeah. but I wasn't a member of the club. I was still a member of Sutton. Yeah. But at that point, there was there was hardly anybody left. All the girls had finished running, and you know there wasn't a lot of people there the club wasn't booming or anything yeah. so I, I did actually join the sale around about 18 19 years old 18 19 yeah, and so by the way you, you left Notre Dame academically what did you continue what did you um I did a level I did up to a level and a then level. I was working at Pilkington's and then you job. got you got a job, got a job. Yeah, was, yeah. what was that yeah. particular job um accounts I used to work in the accounts was it an office-based job yeah, so office that that wouldn't job. affect affect your training perhaps. I mean it was it was an early start, so it was eight till five, so it was a full time job. But when I joined, when I went down to Sale Harriers, I actually trained with a guy called Pete Schofield, and he had some international athletes in that group. So we had like um, Kyle Hamilton was a 400 meter runner running for GB, and um, that's where I got my grounding and my de- desire to do quite well. Yeah. But I discovered quite quickly actually I was not going to be a 400 meter runner, you know, the pure speed wasn't there. So I got down to about 54 seconds. But really, I was always going to be a middle distance yeah. runner. Um, so at the same track was the coach who got me to where I got to, um, uh, Norman Poole. Norman Poole. And I went over to Norman's group. Who is still currently he's still coaching, coaching at yeah. 72, is he? I think he's 70. 72. Se- yeah, seven, 71. 71. 72, yeah. Norman Poole. Tell me about this this gentleman, Norman Poole, because he's been in the game a long time. Mm. What what would what was what's different about Norman, or is that is it is it, it was he lucky, or, or did he have something? No, I think Norman is um, Norman was a fantastic athlete himself, mm. and for he had to curtail his um, career due to illness, injury a long time ago. So he's an exceptional athlete. He's a businessman. He's very professional. He's got a very successful business. But he loves athletics and he's very, very organised, very goes to fine detail and absolutely just loves coaching. He's very measured, he doesn't panic. 
Yeah. He's just, I can't explain what makes him kind of special because if you ever meet him, he's very, very softly spoken. Mm. Just knows what he's doing, keeps things simple. You know, we used to do the train, same training sessions year on year on year in the same pattern. Yeah. Knew exactly how to take her down for competitions oh, and yeah. gave the best advice. You know, and he's can very give, measured. Can you give us an example of the fine detail? Um, I, it was kind of like, for an example, so when I ran in a major championship, he would give me, I've still got a piece of paper actually, I should have brought it, mm. and he'd give me a piece of paper with the t- exact time I needed to be on the track. So the time racing would be like, say, 1.30, yeah. and he'd work it all the way back and split down exactly when I should be brushing my teeth in the morning. So it'd be like, get up, right. have breakfast, do this, do this, and all the way from getting up to, oh that, my word. to that point. Wouldn't, and, and, and it was just something because it that be, one less thing to think yeah, about. Yeah, so yeah. None of this fine, you know, oh, what should I do now? When should I have my breakfast? And he would work that out for us. Oh, he, d- he did. totally depend. Yeah. Really. <laughs> and I, I never imagined so, he'd go into that kind of yeah, detail. Yeah, he do it for every single race. But like for mm. big races when you've just not got the headspace to even think of even walking mm. sometimes. You know, we'd work it out to that fine detail. And would that plan be the same for every person or slightly different? Well, yeah, because he only had, I would say at that point, he had about four of us who were running at that level. But we went to race, I went to one race at Blackpool, we went to a race where the track was reopening. And I remember it was a really hot day and we were waiting to start warming up and he stood with an umbrella over us because there was no shade (laughs) and we're like, you know, we were spoiled. And the man got results, and I think imagine he's continued to get results. But we had a group of athletes who weren't just international athletes; they were club athletes. You know, anybody could join our group down at Sale, and we used to train out of Wivenshaw Park. No facilities. There used to be a you know a trailer at the side. You know, like a porter cabin. You know, loos were awful. Yeah. You know, there was no high tech anything really. And I recall an day. interesting point that you, I met you for the first time at the Sizzler the other night, and, and there was f- former Olympians at the event. Um, Jeff Norman. Never, never, never former Olympians. No, no. Oh, sorry. Olympians, Olympians. Once an Olympian, always an Olympian. Yeah. I'll be you get a card when you've done it for twenty five <laughs> years. I bet your mum's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. There were Olympians. <laughs> <Sorry>. Olymp- <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Olympians at, um, and in the Gardener's Arms, I met Jeff Norman, who was at the nineteen seventy six yeah, Montreal. He was, he was representing. He, was. Yeah. he wasn't very happy with his performance that day, but he was there that, and that was the year you were inspired. Yeah. And um, I recall um, you, you stating that within the group, of course, you had the very serious. Then you had some people who were doing it for maybe health beneficial, but that, that was the gel maybe that, that made, took some of the... Pressure? Yeah, was yeah, it with yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, warming Interesting. up, we would have a... I mean, it was, it was intense, the training sessions. That's another thing with our group. Even the, the, the men in the group had other people of that standard to train with because being a male athlete, it's quite hard to find people to train with if you're quite elite. But we did have a big group of athletes who were running, say, 800 from about 145 right up to 147, like quite a few of them. So, um, But it was kind of hard to train. The training sessions were very intense because of the nature of the group people were also there to have a good chat and a good social it wasn't just the training it was about the warming up the laugh we used to have warming up and warming down and i remember quite clearly you know all stretching on the track before sessions and norman actually saying to us come on guys you know get going now you know we used to like all be naturally and having a good laugh and Mm. that was 
that was a good relief really because when you're yeah. training and competing at a high level it, it get it can get really serious yeah. you know but it was a lovely a lovely time it was a nice combination of people and i think it worked i can really think well. of what one guy won't name him but he had a lot of talent and but he was i he was completely on his own you know training and yeah. everything and when i hear about his story and how he didn't quite succeed I imagine that that would, would be a big minus to be completely on your own yeah. going I mean, through I've this. Trained, I trained with that group um, three times a week, but it's also in between as well. And I think my husband was a very good runner. He was one forty-seven for eight hundred, John. And we must mention your husband. You met your husband oh, yeah. at what? When? How old were um, you? I met him really sort of um, at a running event. Really, just you, I knew of him, yeah. but he ran. How old were you? Oh gosh, twenty-three. Twenty-three. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah. you're still with him to this day? I and, am. And, um, 29 years married. God love him. It's yeah. a shame. I do feel <laughs> sorry for him. <laughs> and two children. And two you children. Give them a shout out, please. On yes, the, on we've the... got William, who's 23, and he's an excellent cricketer. He yeah. plays um, first team cricket. And Elizabeth is more the academic. I did try and make her a runner yeah. and a cricketer, but <laughs> it's not quite happened. But she's off to Durham University. My sister went there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's English. Very clever girl. Yeah. You do doubt whether she is uh, out of our gene pool. <laughs> 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 oh no, she's she's great. They're both they're both lovely. They're very happy. Are you part of John throughout your career? Did he stabilise the, the, the? Well, I think John what, was kind of the sort of. I was always running very very well, but I think John actually helped me psychologically because he was very astute in that in that way. He sort of didn't. We, we did train a little bit together, mm. but he kept me very calm because I did have a sort of tendency to get a little bit jittery before yeah. races, and yeah. he was very, very good yeah, yeah. and quite calm. And sort of, so that he was he would actually tell me who was racing against because yeah. I used to be blissfully unaware about who people were. But yeah, he was just like the sort of final sort of peg in the sort of kind of cog in the wheel kind yeah. of thing. But a really um, important one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 very much so. And he was good. At, I mean, God love him. He, you know, he finished. The season he didn't break 150, he retired from athletics. <laughs> really, yeah. But he was working hard. He, I mean, I started to be a full-time athlete and he was earning the money and, you know, and he, he was quite uh, What age? Happy. What age did John retire? Oh, completely from... about 27. And he just cut oh, off Oh, yeah, yeah, he just, completely. He, just, he just decided it was... He's never hard. been... Yeah, never he been knew what was involved, he knew, because I trained. Because in between training sessions, I mean, that's the hardest thing when nobody's, you know, you've got to go out yourself and... Yeah, six in the morning do your runs and you're training twice a day and I, I was very good at that I, I'm kind of self-motivated where John sort of would like training in a group and mm. need a bit of a nudge yeah, to yeah, yeah. so he kind of knew what I was like and he thought well I can't really do that you know it's yeah. quite happy for me so I'm so, fully supported we got, great. we got to the point where you're 19 I think you joined the Sale Harriers yeah. and Norman Pil- you got this gr- great group around you mm-hmm. you're working at Pilkington's full time yeah. eight in the morning till five mm. Um, I imagine you pass your town, you're driving down to sale, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, well, that was another you, thing. You, I had, a, I had a, it was fate really because the guy who first coached me, Pete Schofield, lived in St. Helens, even though we trained at Stratford. We trained yeah. at the track at Trafford, Stratford, and um, he lived near the Bottom Glass, so I used to get a lift yeah. before I passed my text. Yeah. Dad couldn't take me, yeah. um, so it just all fell into place, yeah, really. Yeah. But yeah, I was going down to sale. Yeah. And you were starting to really build. What what year are we talking now? We're talking 88. Is 87, this, 88. Is this when you're 19 or... 19. Like 19? How old was I? Well, it's a long time Eight. ago now, isn't it? So I'd have been about 18, 19... No, no, sorry, no, it wasn't. Oh, gosh. Oh, I'll lose track of time. 
Anyway, so 88. So I was Look. 22, 21, 22. So when... When you first went down, you mean? Or? No, this no. is when I first started, started to sort of like run really well. Yeah, like so you John mean you were getting, yeah. in 87, the winter of 87. And immediately I started to run quite well. Ran right. indoors, ran a fast time indoors for 800. And had a very good chance of selection for Seoul, which is the Olympics that uh, Maximum went to. 88, And yeah. I was just getting ready for the trial and I got chicken pox. Oh my word. God. So that was, I was running about 2-1 at the time. So I was there or thereabouts. Yeah. And in a way, I'm kind of glad I didn't go to that championship because I wasn't quite ready, I don't think. Yeah. And and by the way, this you've now decided 800 is for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. And how long did that take to dis- discover that that was your distance? It took about four or five years. My word. I was running 400s. I actually ran mm. the GB for 4x4. I mm. ran a couple of indoor meets. But I knew I wasn't going to be a proper yeah. 400 meter runner. So I by going that little bit further, mm. enables you to, to bridge a gap and yeah, sort yeah. of become more competitive. Yeah, yeah. But if you're running a fast 400, you're going to run a fast 800. Because yeah. if you're going through the bell in 60, if you're only running 59, that's fast. But if you can run a 53 400, mm. a 59 first lap is going to feel a lot yeah. easier, isn't it? You know, mm. speed endurance. My word. Mm. So now we're getting to the... To the the period of success, aren't oh, we? Yeah. Yeah, you, we're yeah. talking 88 and then 90 to, 90 to 94. Well, 89 was the first time. I, I'd won the English girls. I'd done a couple of, like, I'd won the Northern Championships a few times, but I went to, well, they don't think they do the UK Championships anymore, but I went to Jarrow. Um, Where's Jarrow? So Jarrow was in the North East. In the North East. Steve Crown's track. And I, thought it was in, I thought it was in Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> That's Cairo. <laughs> <Jarrow>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I go to Jarrow and won the thing, and I think actually your uncle won the, won the steeplechase that day. Neil, uh, Neil. Neil. Yeah. And he was televised, and I, and I ran, and this is one of my most favourite things ever. It was on, the te- it was on ITV. Steve Ovet was commentating, and I did a negative split. I ran a 61st lap. I did, no, I didn't, sorry. I ran a, anyway, negative split. I ran a first lap slower than my, my lap, second lap was faster and Steve Ovet said that's very unusual for a girl good girl and that was yeah. me job done <laughs> Steve Ovet I, I don't have to run ever again Steve Ovet actually told the whole world I was a good athlete and you're watching this after the race like yeah, obviously yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. negative split is that something you should, one should be aiming for to go faster not really no, 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 no like, but it's always seen as it's seen it, as a measure of strength yeah. isn't it yeah yeah, I mean, you hear about I it ran, more. You hear about it more in in the marathons than you yeah, do obviously yeah. in the shorter distances. I ran close to two minutes, but I ran the first lap in about sixty one. Oh, so yeah. my second lap was really good. Yeah, I see what you mean. Oh, I was flying, yeah. So that year was eighty nine, and then the three A's that year was the trials for the Commonwealth Games because the Commonwealth Games were in January, so we had yeah. the trial in the summer, but the games were going to be in the January nineteen ninety because of the down in New Zealand, yeah. So, oh, yeah, and I came second in the 3A's to my training partner. What year are we going into? Yeah, so, we're going into 90. 90. So, how, how, how did you, so, that's, I mean, that's obviously like the track season is obviously usually in the UK anyway. Yeah. It's a summer track season, yeah, so you yeah. train through the winter, yeah, the yeah. mile base, everything like that. Yeah. Obviously, you're training for a, 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 a it was sort of difficult. Yeah, yeah. different season. That's where came into his absolute unbelievable best because what we did, we did a kind of mini winter. And then we tapered down very quickly, so it was kind of it was meticulously planned. Yeah. And um, he did it all, and we just 
nip down to his house and just have a discuss and he'd say right this is what we're doing from started training in the September all the way through to the day we got on the plane and when I left for New Zealand he couldn't go because sometimes he would be team manager and yeah. actually go to the games he couldn't go so he gave me three and a half weeks of training from day day one all the way through to race day and meticulously planned all that training was and I shared a room with an athlete and her coach had wrote something on an envelope <laughs> yeah, so I'm just like wow look at that you yeah. know? and I suppose now I mean these days that wouldn't happen because athletes have a team around them and yeah. things like that but back in 89-90 things were a little different yeah. well, it's all digital as well now yeah. isn't it you oh, know, it's it's all, it's all it's all yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, program know. it in oh, no. <laughs> no we were running naked yeah <laughs> <laughs> My word, I can, I can, I, I, I'm getting some understanding of this this gentleman, Norman mm. Poole, a businessman as well. Yes. He's got a full-time professional job, yeah, yeah. And he's, yes, but he's also got the time to present you with mm. um, <clears throat> breakfast. And by the way, what you know, you, I'll just go through that breakfast. Everything, preparation in so much detail. Uh, what what was your diet like in, in the in the period where you were most successful? Um, very simple. Quite a lot, you know. I didn't really pay a lot of attention to diet. It was, I think, when you're training so hard, when you eat bad food, it doesn't kind of agree mm. with you. You know, if you're eating bags of crisps half the day, you're not going to run very well. Like, I won't take a crisp. <laughs> um, and, um, very simple. So, like, you know, porridge and rice and a bit of protein, just your basic healthy diet, really. You know, nothing. Vegetables and, and yeah. meat and fish yeah. and, and, yeah, and just uh, protein. Your usual mix of. Um, carbohydrate, protein, and would rice. you have sort of cakes and biscuits and chocolate as well? Yeah, mostly, yeah. yeah. I find not <laughs> a lot, but when you're running a lot, when, I mean, I only ran between 60 70 miles a week on a full, so I wouldn't eat that much. But you know, we just pay attention to I would, I was more focused on trying to control the fats, I wouldn't eat a lot of fats, I would just eat enough to sort of, yeah. you know, that was. When you say fats, you're talking about talking about like you know chips and crisps and you those know, kind you know, of fatty yeah, foods yeah. because they don't really go with running anyway. You know, if you're mm. running hard, you you know you do crave more healthy foods. I find. We recently had a discussion with Charlie Spadden, who's got a new book out mm. called "Stop Feeding His Lies," and he's advocating fats all oh, the way, yeah. but not those well, kind of fat. fats. Yeah, well, yeah, fats. I mean, yeah. you do need fats because yeah. like, like all your minerals and your vitamins are very the fat soluble, aren't they? You know, they're yeah. transported. But you do need some fats. Yeah. And he yeah. does, he does say he's not talking about athletes yeah, in it and stuff like that. To yeah. be fair, he's, yeah. Yeah. he's, but, not, he's I not, mean, not talking yeah, about like olive oils. I mean, if you look yeah. at Mediterranean diet, yeah. that's the way to go. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Diet, very interesting. By the way. um a lot of people seem to struggle race day. They start to overthink things, you know, in regards oh, yeah. to diet. Yeah, yeah. On race day, you, you say you're a bit jittery, I imagine, on race day. Were you, oh, yeah. were you worrying about these things? Yeah, you do, but you find what kind of works for you. What so, worked for you on race um, day? I used, to re- I, used to, I used to swear by porridge. I'd have oh, some porridge. Hang on a second. It depends what time you What times you race, yeah, before you... Because if you're having porridge, that's quite heavy, isn't it? Yeah, if I was racing sort of afternoon time, I'd just have maybe cereal. I have a, I'm a big advocator of toast. I think toast is good. Jam on, but as well. Or oh, what? yeah, honey. I used to honey? eat a lot of honey, yeah. yeah toast, yeah, just toast. white bread or? Yeah, white bread, whatever, whatever yeah. came, yeah. I didn't think about it too much, but one thing I did do, which probably isn't the right thing, when you so I'd have a very simple lunch, maybe just a sandwich or something like that, and then... I would get quite hungry before a race, yeah, you, you know, because you've not eaten, because you're obviously worried about don't they say? Don't they say you don't want to be like, Really hungry in the going into yeah, the that's you, it. So just like, I off would, that. I would stop eating, say about three hours before a race. Mm. You see people eating bananas. Yeah. And, no, no, no. 
But I used to have like chocolate buttons in my spike bag and have about three chocolate buttons. <laughs> and that didn't before. affect you negatively? No. no it was like again, it, maybe it's the distance, it's about 800 metres. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't jo- think it's very technical, I've had these chocolate yeah. buttons in. But, well, no, well, yeah. John Joe's blamed his, his, his run on, on Thursday. His, his, his <laughs> poor performance on me giving him one sports jelly bean. Oh, he no, says well, that's, his, that's, that's why he didn't have sport jelly bean. Yeah, yeah. I could fit. Just like the shoes there. I could feel Jack climbing up this bean store. The only thing, the only thing that I used to absolutely get through the infancy of um, like sports drinks, so I used to yeah. buy the powder of Gatorade right. and or Isostar. So I used to have that after training to isotonic drinks. Bas- to, which is basically like fruit juice with water. Or, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, it's got. It was like it was the nobody sell all sorts of energy yeah, drinks yeah. and things like that, but it was actually they're very very good. It mm. wasn't very sweet. It was just yeah. the right enough minerals to replace your, mm. your you know your hydration. Because I used to train at Withenshaw and have to drive all the way home after a session, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then and I couldn't get food in quick enough. I used to because I, I was quite away. Yeah. So I used to stop on the hard shoulder and stretch my hamstrings and everything. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because yeah. I used to be you used to do some really big sessions on a Monday and a Wednesday yeah. nights. Used to get in the car. Be nice for you to tell us. Manchester back to St Helens, so that was a real struggle. Yeah. Uh, that's what I struggled with. You, you, you tell us about some of your toughest sessions, but before you do so, let's say you had a race. At nine o'clock in the morning, what are you going to have then? Not many races. No, there wouldn't be any. Many. You're talking. You're talking road races. Uh, yeah, that road sort races. of stuff. Like then, yeah. but you'd never have a race at that time. Really, no. What's the earliest time you had a race? The earliest time. I think the, the Olympics and things like that. If you ever race in the early morning, so you yeah. just get up early. I'd get up at the crack of dawn. I'd right. get up. Yeah, but I'd just have a very light breakfast, like maybe some cobwebs or something, or wouldn't have porridge. I'd just have a mm. light cereal. Right. You'd only have the porridge if you had at least three yeah, hours. Yeah, if it was the start of the day, yeah. Or more, yeah. more really, yeah. Because predominantly, I mean, most of my races were like in the after, either late afternoon, afternoon or, or evening. How did you take your porridge with um, honey? <laughs> no, Make it with water. Just water? A bit of salt. Yeah, traditional yeah. sort of Scottish way, yeah. uh, traditional yeah, yeah. way. Yeah, bit of milk, whole milk, a bit of honey. I used to have bananas on toast as well, I like that. Now, tell us about your toughest training sessions. You, you keep you mentioning them, but we don't know what's involved. Well, these these are the yeah, the, the toughest one I found was um, very much a. It was a killer. To be fair. By, by the way, how many was, sessions well, a week did you tough sessions a tough week? Tough sessions three. So you would have three. Yeah, if I wasn't racing, yeah, three. Like, the and they'd all be equal, or would one of them be slightly less? Because it seems um, to be. Uh, when I look around, it seems Typically. to be one of them. The one in between is just a bit off. Well, we trained on the track on a Monday and Wednesday, and then um, we trained on the Saturday if we were at racing. Mm. So Mondays we would do in the winter we would do like long efforts. Well, probably not long for, for you guys if you're distance runners, but we do like sort of three by mile, four by half a mile, and we'd have like you know short recovery, reasonably short recovery. But on a Wednesday we'd do like sort of the twelve by. 400 on the mm. track you know you typically go a bit faster then yeah. yeah but the hardest sessions were when we were getting into the sort of spring time when you're really doing those sort of anaerobic sessions yeah. so the hardest session we did would be 600 meters 30 seconds recovery and then a fast 200 but you're talking about race pace so you're talking of a 600 in about 89 seconds for me and 30 seconds recovery and then a 30 second and you feel oh, fine. Yeah. It's that when you stop, when you do the six hundred, yeah, yeah. I'm recovered. Yeah, and then you 
10 metres into the 200 and you, you know, it's... You've What's the idea behind that particular session to... Well, it's just to get you in, in a sort of, just running so. the distance, but running, just running the distance you're going to be racing and, and getting yourself in a bit of a mess, really, with yeah. <laughs> lack of oxygen. But we, but How many you know, did you, sorry, we did two sets of that, but two. it would be absolutely eyeballs out. And you, you know, Norman would say, look, you know, you don't ease down on your 600, you've got to make sure you do that at absolute optimum pace. And you, you talk about 88, 89. And would he be, ta- he'd be on the watch making sure yeah, that you were, absolutely, yeah. and if you weren't yeah, yeah. there, you'd be told, would you? Oh, yeah. But as, yeah. in a nice well, way. Well, there'd be a big group around us, so like, you know, I mean, he was, that's his body was really good at as well. It was so organised. He had a big group. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, I, it's, I can't explain how good it was really because, you know, he was very good at organising these sessions. But um, then we'd have a long recovery and this is what he used to always stipulate, there's no point training if you're not going to get the, the quality. Yeah. So we'd have about 15, 20 minutes recovery until the next one because you needed to fully recover to do, to do it again. Mm. So that, that I found that the toughest session. Yeah. I, I, that was re- if you did it properly. It was oh, you, you did the six hundred and then the two hundred, yeah. then you had fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. you did it again. Did it again. Yeah. The twice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't sound a lot. No, it doesn't. But, but, but the quality. The quality. It, yeah. You know, and, and some people wouldn't sort of in the group wouldn't put it all in, but yeah, there's yeah. no point doing it if you're not going to put it. All in that fifteen in. minutes, you wouldn't just sit there, would you? Because it, well, you'd sort of active. We call it active rest, so we kind of like stop. You'd maybe jog a little bit up and down, sit mm. down, maybe just just mooch around, yeah. and that's the hardest thing as yeah. a distance runner. Because like when you're a distance runner, it's all about session, 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 yeah, short yeah. recovery. But when you're a sort of middle distance runner, it's about quality and get you know and having yeah, that yeah. proper recovery, and that's the hardest bit because you sit at you. Th- I'm ready now, but you're really not because yeah. you've still got your muscles are still a little bit starved of oxygen. So to get the quality, you've got to make sure. That you recovered as well, and recovery is a big thing. I often wonder about guys like Norman Poole. They they put so much into the sport, and they spend so much time. Um, what what does a guy like that get from the sport? I imagine, of course, seeing seeing like lassies like yourself succeeding. Mm. Is that is that because I don't know Norman Poole? Is that is that the essence well, of, of why yeah, a coach is a coach? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and so, and it's all it's like a reflection of his talent and skill. And, and just the enjoyment because he didn't, because he didn't achieve what he should have done he sees it through others yeah. I think he helps with um, Ailish McCorgan a little bit now because she's yeah. based in Manchester Probably, yeah. and I think he helps with the, um, with that as well but he's, he's been involved with the BMC as well British yeah. Wireless Club is president of that so he just loves athletics you know he's, I think he's wrote papers on Steve Cram he's interviewed Steve Cram a few times he's done like articles about Steve Cram and, but he's a very understated man he just he does it for the love of it and, and yeah. it's a really good thing to yeah. see and he still gets a good there's a good sort of flock of athletes that yeah, still head yeah, to, to know the stuff like that goes, I know, I know last time I think Tom, Tom Lancashire was out there training yeah, yeah, and stuff like that he's still running yeah, for, yeah. for Bolton had, and, and stuff he's athletes but, all the way along the yeah. line really but yeah good fun he actually and this is this is true he got married in 19... 91 and we went up to altitude we went up to bulgaria a place called belmecan absolutely miles from nowhere and he arrived we went three weeks and he came for the week in the middle and he brought his new wife it was a honeymoon <laughs> so he brought wendy up to up to belmecan for a honeymoon altitude training my word yeah now, Matthew, we're in the street. I was say, yeah, we're, we're, we're at the Commonwealth okay. Games. We're, we've we've headed over. Um, what year is this? 1990. 1990. So this You're is about to take on the world. 
Yeah. And this is this is you you would say is is sort of your the highlight of, of your career. Yeah, because it's, it's, really, yeah? yeah, it's a it's yeah. a medal, and um, I remember quite clearly. I'm going to name drop here. So um, Ron Pickering. Yeah. Was in the was sort of at an event just before the games at a barbecue, and he said, "Oh, you know, first championship. Now you've got to make sure that." You do well at this, otherwise it's curtains more or less. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, then. And he said to me, it's a long flight home if you don't do well. And I thought, oh, my God. But I knew I was running well. And for me, I was working full-time leading up to that. Yeah. And actually, the three weeks in New Zealand did me so much good because I became almost, well, I was a full-time athlete yeah. at that point. And I could have the proper rest and, and the training and... Once we did over the jet lag, it worked really well, and I was running really well. And we did a six hundred meters the week before, like a race, and I ran really well. So, um, and that was my first experience of a major championship, and um, it went it went quite well. Yeah. It went quite well. So Didn't quite win that gold though. Yeah, I was gonna say talk us through that that yeah. that, that that final that race there and the, and the silver medal and yeah, I mean, uh, obviously I suppose that it the went first... really well. I mean, the, you know, I mean, you've got to get yourself first of all. You, I mean, I knew I was capable of metal but it's actually you've got to get out and do yeah. it you know but so i just had to keep myself calm and um, just go through my normal routines again normally prepped us all and give us all the information and um but i remember coming around the first bend and i was in lane one and i was a little bit behind and i had to put a bit of a spurt on and i always think what you know i got myself in a good position yeah. um we were watching this last yeah, night weren't we? and, yeah, um, yeah i just stayed on the, the um the shoulder of diane yeah and then, um, but I remember coming around the top bend with 200 to go and there was a big hooter went off in the back and her horn went off in the crowd right. and it just sort of got me and I yeah. went right come on then yeah. <laughs> and I just it's a bit of a blur but I can't remember it but I was initially crossing the line I was so disappointed because yeah. I nearly nearly got Diane on the line and we yeah. were training partners mm. trained a lot together and um, I thought I'd got her but when I saw the time and when I saw like you know we both broke the championship record yeah. and I thought oh my god I've got a silver medal but yeah it was just one of those experiences very hot very sunny and everything was just happy and yeah it was good yeah, yeah. Well, what I'd like to I mustn't forget this I think this is important when you look back at your career and all your achievements um, not regret but do you ever look back and think if I'd have maybe done this oh, I, yeah. I might have got more. what would you th- what, what kind of stuff would you be thinking about in I regards think for to me I would have gone to be a full-time athlete sooner because after the Commonwealth I remember thinking a few days before the final thinking you know if I do really well I'll possibly be able to go part-time work because obviously there's bills to pay and things like that me and John were just getting our first house John's job wasn't fantastic at the time we were both on similar salaries so we needed money as well and athletics although there was a bit of money around there wasn't enough to kind of yeah. keep a house going and things how old were you then sorry um, I was 20 25 so I think I'd have, I wish I'd have took more of a risk I went I did go part-time after Commonwealth Games but I think I possibly would have tried to go full-time athlete a bit sooner yeah because I found with working and traveling to Manchester I was picking up niggles you know about three I had about four years I kept purple patch over four years and then it started to take its toll the working the Traveling down to Manchester training as a full time athlete, you, a, you'd have been based in Manchester. I probably would have based myself down there, yeah. yeah. Mm. But hindsight's a great thing, and yeah. the world's it's moved on. And now, if I was running like I was then, I wouldn't have any of these issues at all because yeah. back then you're more or less on your own. 
I did get sponsorship, but it wasn't going to pay the bills. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't guaranteed because now they're on guaranteed salaries. I think I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, usually, yeah, it's usually four year yeah, yeah, to contracts sort of thing. Which, yeah. I mean, that would have been fabulous. But well, then again, all my friends didn't even know I was running, you know, and I had like that side where the, yeah. you know, the downtime I spent with people who weren't involved with athletics. So you do wonder if people are too involved, whether they, it becomes almost, you know, you become too involved. Right. Yeah. Was there anything else? I mean, you talk about going full time earlier, anything else that potentially could have met? We're talking fractions as well at times, aren't we? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think there's much more I could do. I, I mean, I totally enjoyed my time being an athlete and, and I don't think there's not a lot I could have changed. Because yeah. when you, you're racing, I raced against East Germans and Russians and there's not a lot you can do against those kinds of athletes, you know. And I was very fortunate and very almost lucky that um, I ran so well against so many people who were probably on performance-enhancing drugs, possibly, you know, That's and I knew cool. I wasn't. So yeah. just to get to a world championship final... You know, and yeah. I remember crossing the line in the semi final thinking, Oh my goodness, I've got to do this again tomorrow. Because <laughs> we never got a rest day in between heats yeah, and finals. Yeah. At, at the time when you were going, you know, head to head with some of these East Germans and Russians, and did you have any feelings about, did you look at your com- competitors, fellow competitors, and think, By God, I mean, you know, what's going on there? Quite all the time. Did yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. But, 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 you know, I thought, Well, what can I do? You know, and, and you haven't got any proof. No. You know, you don't know, and, and they're only, they've only got yeah. two legs, and on occasion I would beat some of them. It still goes on today, doesn't it? And how would you clamp that out of the sport? Or is it impossible? I, I don't know. I, I, it's, I mean, testing. I mean, they are testing athletes a lot more. Apparently during COVID, not. Matthew oh, was really? telling, Well, Matthew was telling me... Yeah. Well, was it, well, it was obviously because there was less competitions. There was no... Oh, the, in competition, right. the, the in-competition testing wasn't yeah. there as much, right. and obviously the out-of-competition testing mm-hmm. is all down to the... Yeah, national federation. body sort of thing yeah. and so depending on I what your federation's doing at the times and I think it's down to morals I think it's down to the individual athlete if they're willing to sacrifice their health long term health and for what reason you know for what reason it's alright winning races and winning money but is it really and, that, and I mean that's why that's why the drugs are banned really it's not yeah, down to the performance absolutely. side it's down to the, the, I mean, the health of the athletes you know, and, yeah. all, you, know you, can, you could say well you know people have like supplements and they'll do like you know they'll buy the shoes that they can, yeah, everything yeah. that's legal is absolutely fine but when it comes to sort of performance enhancing drugs it is down to morals and can you stand on that rostrum and say oh I've won this medal legitimately I had four years where I was running injury free and then after that I started breaking down because I wasn't enhancing my performance I was eating chocolate buttons before yeah. racing, you know. And I remember crossing the line. I did the Tokyo World Championships. I came third in the semi-final, and I literally did think to myself, "I need to just eat chocolate tonight." <laughs> and I had a bath up to my chin, like you know, really big bath, trying to get myself together. But obviously, if people are taking enhancing drugs, they can recover. It's the recovery time yeah. that that you know is what yeah. we're after. And I just didn't recover. I remember the final, the first lap was 56 seconds and I was actually, if you watch it, I was about yeah. 30 metres back and I caught them up and yeah. then off they were again. Well, I was, thought, oh God. Well, that was it. We, we, we watched it last night, didn't we? And I watched oh, it back and I thought, yeah, and I thought I to myself. Was gone. I was but gone. But I, I thought, have you been sensible there? Because I thought, no, hey, look, they've gone too quick for that first lap. I was like an absolute <laughs> burke. Like, <laughs> I, I was thinking, what the hell? Because I'd ran the day before. Yeah. And I'd run the day before that, and I'd run two minutes, two minutes, 
And the girl behind me actually is um, a, a Russian athlete called Mastakova, yeah. and she was worse than me. So I thought, my God, she must be uh, having an off day because yeah. I was seventh, and um, I ran about two, just over two minutes. Yeah. So I was happy with that, but it was just I just could not keep up with them. I just don't know how they did that. No idea. Because yeah. it was a young, I was just saying, it was a young, really little, yeah, nineteen, wasn't she? One of them fell over the line, um, and I just thought. What can I do? And I thought, well, I know that I've come to this championship and just done the best I can do. And if I've got to the final, that's good enough for me. Other things, I think about what about the morality of maybe the doctors and the people mm. who were involved in yeah. prescribing this? Well, this, a lot uh, of, I mean, I think a lot of the athletes back in the day in the 80s, like the East Germans, the Russians, it was just part of what the federations did. And I honestly don't think that those people actually really knew what they were doing i think it's worse now because people are doing it because they want to do it yeah. so i think if you look at these germans russians romanians in the early 80s they didn't really they didn't really have a choice and i don't think they even knew what they were doing yeah um but there's no excuse now there's yeah. no excuse now at all and it's amazing how many athletes have asthma it's absolutely amazing yeah, isn't yeah. it they all yeah. Ashme, yeah. <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> got asthma. I, I did actually. <laughs> yeah. I got quite lucky. I got asthma by a virus in Olympic year actually. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so I was supposed to jumping back um, slightly there in, oh, into yeah. earlier '91. There you had the um, the Europa Cup. Yeah. And um, you ran 15981. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you need to update that on Wikipedia. It's wrong. Oh, and right. um, uh, <laughs> but um, and, but that put you as the, the sixth fastest or t- uh, six. Uh, fastest British all time and the sixth British woman ever under two minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was like you know obviously you know no one can take that away from you and that's no, you know no. that's there. I, and I, do, I, I didn't realise that until a few years later. It's so faster than I from for eight hundred. Oh good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure you could though. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean it was I, I always remember that race actually because it was such a good thing to be in that competition anyway because it's the one time the sprinters actually watch you run right. because it's a team event and yeah. it is a really good one to do and it was such a good experience. But I was chasing breaking two minutes. I've been doing it for about two years and actually that's the only day I didn't even think about it. And again, I did a negative split on that day. Yeah. So that suggested that I was actually going to be better at 1500 and I yeah. believe I didn't really um, fulfill the 1500 meter sort of promise that I had. Yeah. But anyway, so I, I ran, I think it was 61 for the first lap. So I knew we'd gone through in 61, so I just forgot about the time and I just raced. And I remember coming off the top end and I thought, oh, I'm going to win this. But I mean, I, I was running, it was in really good company. I was with like um, Christine Bactel, who was like the Olympic silver world medalist from Seoul. And, but I knew these girls who were like out of the East German system, yeah. so they were, they were catchable. Like I was, I was getting there with them, you know. Yeah. But I remember feeling really strong in that race and then realising I'd, I'd uh, broken two minutes. But the, at the time, there was a reporter from, um, oh, I can't remember his name, from the Manchester Evening News was actually there. Right. And he did a great big article in the Manchester Evening News and they put, our oh, Ambrink breaks the two-minute yeah. barrier. And I thought, that's my favourite ever headline I've ever yeah. had. Our that's pro- that's the two, two it's pro- probably the same reporter that got me mum to, to yes. Seoul, that oh, one probably, because he was Manchester Evening oh, News. Oh, I can't remember his name. Oh, he was yeah. brilliant. He was really good. Yeah. He was a lovely bloke. I can't remember his name. That paper's still in... Uh, Still in uh, circulation. News, yeah, M-E-N. Yeah, M-E-N. There was a man called Paul O'Brien from Liverpool Echo. He was lovely. Yeah. And he used to write lovely articles about the local athletes. Yeah. Mm. 
So we're going into where are we now? Well, we, 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 we've sort of gone through the world champs. We, we've we've done that. We finishing yeah. seventh. Uh, we've not mentioned world the Olympics, have we? No, we're not there. We're not in ninety two. Oh, no, no, we're we're, we're on to we're on to ninety two now. Really, I suppose. Oh, this is the Olympics. Ninety two. Ninety two. Well, it was a tough year, this. This was a tough year because I'd been really ill. I didn't realise I'd had glandular fever, but I'd had... And you moved up to the 1500 as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of transitioning into the new... This glandular fever came on you all of a sudden? Well, I didn't know I'd had it. I'd had, like, a really heavy cold, and Mm. then I was struggling sometimes when it was really cold. I was really struggling with breathing and, like, having asthma-type symptoms. But only when it was cold, it was really bizarre. So I raced in Sheffield in about the June, just before the trials... And I ran absolutely awful. Oh, oh, I was like, that's it. I'm not going to the Olympics. This is it. I'm awful. And looking back, we did like a four by 800 relay. Right. And I ran about 2-2. Two, two. But I, I, I was like, oh, 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 I couldn't breathe. And so that was on the Saturday. So on the Wednesday, I was racing in the Golden Gala in Rome. Rome yeah. And I thought, oh, I can't be bothered with this. So anyway goes to Rome, share a room with Yvonne Murray, she's keen as mustard, you're coming for a run, I know, I'm alright, and I was warming up, and I thought, oh, I feel awful, I'm going to have to drop out, so we go into the stadium, we're running the 1500, and set off, baking hot nights, really, really hot in the Olympic Stadium, and I thought, oh, I feel quite good, and I actually ended up winning the race, yeah. I've gone from Sheffield, racing terribly, and I won the, the Golden Gala in Rome, I ran like four seven. Four seven point five. Was it, yeah, was it yeah, the, yeah. the rest then? That rest period maybe. No, then? I think it was just the conditions. I think you know my lungs worked in the yeah. heat. So yeah. oh, wow, fabulous. So oh, it's all back on now. That's yeah. it. But I actually went the following week for some blood tests, and they did discover I had the Epstein-Barr virus, right. which antibodies stay in your system after you've had glandular fever. And I thought, oh wow, glandular fever. Yeah. But, um, so it was an up and down year, 92. It was really, really up and down. Yeah. Got to the Olympic trials, raced absolutely awful. But luckily, I was the second. I wasn't second in the race. I was fifth behind Yvonne Murray and behind Liz McColgan decided, even though she was doing the 10, Ten. she wanted to run the 1500. The race was fast. So I was the second Brit who wanted to do the 1500, luckily, because I raced an, like an absolute idiot. So that was one race where I let nerves get to me because I looked at the hoarding around the, the um, track and saw the Olympic rings and that was it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's the one time in, in you know, that, yeah. that kind of race and I just, it just got to me and I just, just went to pieces. But I did scrape through and because of my performance, I was like in the top 10 in the world for 1500 at that time. Yeah. So they picked me on like that as well. Yeah. So, yeah, so very and now you're build, building towards Barcelona. I'm feeling quite confident as well because I was running really well, training well. You know, I knew it was going to be really hot in Barcelona. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so all was going well. And my aim was to just get to the final because I'd done the Commonwealth's medal. I'd done World Championship finalist. And I thought, can we just get to the final? Some girls in there who were like, you know, head and shoulders above, but I thought, can we just get to the final? Anything can happen in 1500. So that was the aim, final. Yeah. Yeah. And in one of the heats. So I my first heat and I was Norman was there because right. Norman Pill was there because he was a team manager. A team manager of team manager of, of GB, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was part of the setup. So luckily he was there with us. So I was in the warm up area, early morning race, 
And um, he actually, before the race, he said, oh, Maria O'Cracker from Sweden is a bit of a threat because she's a pacemaker normally and she's mm. pretty rough racing, you know, tactically. And um, What does that mean, pretty well, rough? She, well, she was kind of like, her pace wasn't very good. She wasn't good at running. Judgment. People. She was more a front runner. Mm. So he said, like, it can be get quite tactical and there'll be a lot of argy-bargy and a bit mm. of knocking around yeah. and stuff. So yeah, you just bad. watch her because she'll be in and out, weaving yeah. in and out. So... Yeah. Set off, feel really good. About six of us together at the top bend, 200 to go. I could feel this foot on my foot at the back and dump I go down, so I fell. How did she I catch you? She just caught the back of my foot. She was behind you and she, she caught. She was behind me, yeah. As so, I, so I hit the deck. She fell over me. She, she managed to get back up and a Spanish girl, or was it an Italian girl? They fell over me, but they all got up and finished. I didn't finish the race because I was just facing the wrong way and I couldn't. By the time I got up, they'd finished. Yeah. Oh, God. So, um, and there's a famous picture that you showed me yeah, of yeah. of the incident. Yeah, yeah, which won a Pulitzer Prize, I believe. I <laughs> 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 last year. Is it a Mark Sherman one? Or no, no, it's um, a guy from the Washington Post. Right. I don't know the guy's name, but he had a portfolio and it, it was part of a, a Pulitzer Prize. It's a right. great picture, yeah. but yeah, it's got a picture of the girl actually standing on my foot on my arm. Well, my my brother-in-law's an artist, and if oh. it, uh, maybe I can get him to oh, do yeah, an, another another, uh, yeah, yeah. I can ask him. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I finished. The, I walked round absolutely distraught, and the other um, federations, the Italian and the Swedes, had um, put a protest in against me. Against you. Yeah. So they, I got disqualified by the track referee. So why would? Whole, why on earth would I you? Because they just wanted. Because the girls hadn't ran, hadn't qualified by right, so they were trying to blame somebody. Yeah. And get the other girls through. And did it work for them? Yeah. So they, was, they, it, was there no yeah. appeal put on your side? Yeah, they appealed, they appealed, but the track, at the time, the, the ruling was, once the track referee had made his decision, it yeah. could be overturned. So it went on all day, and yeah. I found out at midnight that it, the appeal hadn't been successful. Yeah. So it was, through, so I was, I'm down as a DQ. Right. Um, there's a, there's a, in, the, in the US Olympic trials this, this year, right. there was a 1,500 metres, um, a woman got she got tripped and went down right. and her agent appealed it oh, right. and she got into the final oh, and then she yeah. finished third and yeah, she's, exactly. she's off the Olympics now exactly. for the US. Uh, how so did, how did you at the time I felt really cross at yeah. midnight did you, you but imagine you didn't get a good night's sleep that night no, I, was no you were yeah. I remember the next day yeah. actually running I ran about 12 miles fast just not breaking hot yeah. and I just ran and ran and ran and it was yeah, oh, yeah. it was a bit yeah. I, I don't try and think about it so much really yeah. but I remember ringing like John and John, we were all upset, and, and John, John didn't go to the Barcelona. None of my family went to Barcelona, and um, what because of commitments well, in their well, own? No, because I didn't. You, you didn't want to focus. You yeah, know, I appreciate that. No, no, no. So um, yeah, I rang home, and my dad said, "No, listen, don't worry. You know, I'll tell you all that you've been chatting about it. You're going to be famous for this. You've got honestly, don't worry about it. Every cloud, you can always go to Atlanta. Fine." Atlanta is, is in, the next, in the next Olympics. Four years. Oh, God, yeah. So, okay, then. So, the following day, what happens? Derek Redmond pulls his blooming hamstrings oh, yeah. right, doesn't he? So, Derek Redmond and his dad comes on the track. Most yeah. famous Olympic moment ever. Takes the shine off Anne, Anne Griffiths. Oh. Like, oh, my God. So, I can't even fall. And somebody has to outdo me, so, yeah. But you, so were, you were now angry. You were married now. No, no, no. And I was mar- we got married. Fa- I was Anne Williams then. So yeah. 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 
You're married the year. Got married, I got married five. Ninety-three. We got back from Barcelona. Ninety-two. Our wedding was really funny because I think it was like an episode of Don't Tell the Bride because I was never home. Yeah. <laughs> so picked the dress in February. My mum and dad and John organised it. Yeah. <laughs> and God, I don't think John organised it either. We just sort of turned up and oh, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So how did you recover from the all the? So you come away from yeah. Barcelona. Did you stay for the duration of the? Yeah. And you, yeah did, did you enjoy any of the? I did. I mean, you know, there was um, before. The, few days, maybe, and then. Because the fifteen hundreds at the back end of the games, I did enjoy. I mean, it's you know, it's the Olympic games at the end of the day, and mm. it's a, yeah, the dream team were there as well. You know, the basketball, no, the US, yeah. US basketball team were there, so we were trying to find where they were. And yeah. The dream and team. And you make yes, friends. Michael jo- the uh, Jordan. Michael and Jordan. There was a documentary about about him, wasn't there? I saw some of that. The Last Dance, is it called? I enjoyed the first three episodes of that, yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently that was... We we used to go around looking for them every day, see if we could find them. Really? Anyway, they weren't even in the village. They were saying, (laughs) from that documentary on Netflix, I've since found out they were nowhere near the village. They came in one time and... There's a big hoo-ha going, oh, they're there, they're there, and they're all giants. Yeah. They're like, oh, my God. I suppose, they, they, I mean, they'd be, they'd have been the, sort of the same, I suppose, as Usain Bolt was oh, at his time, sort I of mean, thing, in there. just a, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's all to do with the image and the way it's presented in the media yeah. in America. Have because even though dominance people like, you know, you'd be sat there and, you, you know, I think it's more elite now, athletics. I think, you know, people have, what to say egos they're not got egos but they've all got Instagram they've all yeah, got Twitter yeah. and they've all got this like prima donnas but you see back then yeah that's yeah. the one prima donnas they that's, are. that's what they are mm. <laughs> and but back then you'd be sat down and you'd be with like you know Colin Jackson and yeah. Sally Gunnell and we'd just be we'd all be one big team and everybody was you know we, we saw we saw we like, saw Sally Gunnell's um, son racing last night oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah is he good is he winning well I don't know. Can you finish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. second or third? And Sally Gunnell, she was famous for for running with the poor well, sort of running star. Is that no, right? No, that, no, no, that's who's that? Paula Radcliffe. Paula Radcliffe. You don't really know much about no, it. No, I don't. He, doesn't, <gasps> I really doesn't. <laughs> he just does the talking, I do the factual so, information you side. Know, so it's oh, Sally Gunnell. Sally Gunnell. Sally Gunnell was a poor wooden winter hurdler who actually won her gold medal. The day I fell, the night, the evening session, she won a she gold medal. The gold medal, and added yeah. the picture, one picture of me falling was on the next back page of the Daily Express. And if she hadn't won that medal, I'd have been back page. Oh, sure. that would have been good. <laughs> 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 every cloud, every cloud. Yeah, and I remember as well. I mean, God love. I used to, when I was still working part time at Pills yeah. at the time, and they sent me a fax. We still love you. <laughs> well done. But the funny thing that season, I was going to race at Gateshead and they got a coach up, the, the people from Pilks. By the way, is that Pilks head office? Which no, no, I worked at Cowley Hill Works, which is... Cowley Hill, Cowley Hill Works. Is yeah, that still there? Yeah, it's yeah, no, no, about no, the they're closing it down, aren't they? Knock yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. City Road they're going to build... But it's still yeah, just at the moment yeah. still there, yeah? yeah. Anyway, they got yeah. a coach up. There's like 30 odd of them going. Yeah, racing at Gateshead and racing at Gateshead and with a banner and everything. Yeah. Come on, Anne. And then last minute, I went to Stockholm. <laughs> so they all went on this coach and I wasn't there. <laughs> but Carl Lewis was there apparently, so they were more, they were more than happy. Yeah. It was terrible, that really. <laughs> God love them. <laughs> what did you set your sights on after Barcelona? And how old were you? How old are you now? At nineteen ninety-two, you you've just got married. Twenty-six, twenty-seven. And really, you, you could imagine that you've got even more to give and, and go yeah, even yeah, faster. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, you're still in the prime. I think what I did, I did, I went 
went to, actually after you did a couple, you do a couple of races after the Olympic Games, mm. and you know you earn a bit of money and you know a bit of appearance money and stuff. Yeah, the circuit sort of stuff. On the circuit, um, and then the next year, uh, the idea was to go to Stuttgart, which is the nineteen ninety three Worlds, because the Worlds are every two years. So there's always a championship every yeah. year to, to go for. Or every every two years. The Olympic Games, but. There's not only the Olympic Games, yeah. it is yeah. special and we all know it is, but there's also other things yeah. to do. But 93 I did get picked with an injury, so <sighs> I didn't do so well then. But then 94 was probably one of my best years, I was in the best form. The World Championships? No, yeah. Europeans. Europeans. Oh, sorry. Europeans, in yeah. Helsinki. So I had a good year, 94. Um, and they and, looked at the middle distance running yeah, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah, Helsinki. What was that success in '94? Tell tell us about that. Um, well, I just ran the European Championships, and there was another story there as well. There's always a bit of a story. Um, running really well, won the three A's. Um, I was running the eight hundred. I went back down to eight hundred because I ran eight fifteen really. Um, running really well, so we get to the uh, first round, which is in the morning. Actually, I don't think I run very well in the morning. Anyway, so so. <laughs> Go into the first round, first four to qualify, four fastest losers. So I'm coming forth, down the home straight. I am famous for this. John used to go mad at me. I just ease down. Let's oh. go. I spend no energy at all. Let's I more than I wasn't even tired, I just thought I'll just cross the line. Mm. I slowed down and four athletes came past. Oh I god. I was eighth. Oh no. I was last in my heat. And I went, oh. Did you not see so them I go past? The Did you not see them go past you? Oh, so just too late, like it was oh, within. Just, they were just there and woof. Yeah. So I thought, yeah. Oh my god, I'm not qualified. <laughs> what the heck? I could hear John shouting in my ear, even though he was back in St. Helens. So I got my. my Would he be angry at something like that? Oh, well, he just. As a, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so pulls the number off, scrunches it in the ball, and I flung it under the. I was absolutely furious with myself. I was like, what have I done? So I go to the warm-up area, Norman's there, what are you doing? Mm. So yeah. we're having a bit of a talk, the news comes out, the results come out, I was the last fastest loser, I got through to the semi-final, <sighs> only just, just, all by about 0.1 of a second, it was crazy, then right. I'm thinking, oh my god, where's my number? <laughs> a reprieve. <laughs> I had to get another number, yeah. but it was A really reprieve, hard. a reprieve, oh, and now you're going into the semi now. So I got into the semi and I ran through the line, believe you me, so yeah. I was like third, because mm. I was very much, kind of, I would just do enough to qualify because I was trying to save, Conserve, yeah. Yeah, but obviously yeah. a little bit too much yeah. in that first round. So I'm getting to the final. Yeah, you're in the final. And I was in the final. So this is all a bonus, really. For yeah, me. yeah. And I was only fifth, but I had a really good race. And mm. I think looking back, I was running really well and I came out wide and I came out. That's one of my regrets. I came out wide in the home right. straight yeah. and, I, and, I, and they were gone. So what's so, the rule? Never to go out wide or? Yeah, I think I just. If, was, ideally, yeah, you don't yeah. go out wide. No, no. Because you, you're running further. Yeah. Yeah, I just kind of watch it. You know, you're quite critical of yourself. Yeah. You just if you stay inside, though, aren't you jammed in behind people well, as well? That was the whole thing. I was yeah. in behind somebody, but I've sort of misjudged it, and I came mm. out at the very top of the home straight, and I came out just a bit too wide. And yeah. And you're expanding. Yeah, I should have waited a bit longer, like, and gone with about 80 metres to go, so I finished really strong. But I did get a personal best that day, so... That's one of my best races, really. Even though I didn't medal. Because I get a medal in the European Championships as a woman as well. It's really hard. Yeah. I think Kelly Holmes got her first medal in that game. She was third in the 1500. 
My, yeah. my word, my word. So then we're going into a period now where, of decline where you... you, yeah. you, 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 you <laughs> 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 oh, I know, I went into a period of... Oh. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I had some brilliant performances, but they're always at the wrong time of yeah. year. So, I, yeah, and I think it's down to hard training, reach my limits, reach my patience, <laughs> decline. I'm going to decline. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, injury. You, you said you I, know I you did. A lot of injuries. And know? what was I that? Was, Is there any looking back? More yoga? What could have perhaps uh, I recovery I or? Think it's trying to perform as an international top world-class athlete without much assistance i think you know i think it was a lack of the part-time job as well yeah i mean Mm. that's at the time when i actually left filkinson's because i thought i need to just so you did finally break train and rest in between john has john got a really good job and you know he was very supportive and said look now's your time um so i was aiming towards um 96 atlanta um i went to um, training camps over in Florida, you know, like the you know the holding camps yeah, and stuff, yeah. and everything. And everything was in place. There was nothing that wasn't in place. But I just kept getting niggles, and they weren't major injuries. They'd just be a hamstring pull at the wrong time, and things like that. So before ninety six trials, I like was I'd assist in my near my Achilles tendon, right. which was just niggly, niggly, and I couldn't mm. run. Um, but the end of ninety six, I, I mean, I ended up doing like a the. Edinburgh Road Mile, Princess yeah. Street Mile, and I won that. And you yeah. know, so uh, just at the wrong time, yeah, really. yeah. everybody, because John Bycourt was my agent then. I had a, an agent who used yeah. to get me races, and um, he said, "Oh, do the do the Princess Street Mile." He said, "He said, you know," and I went, "But the season's finished." He said, "No, just do it. You can win a holidays Club La Santa." Well, yeah. he said exactly the right thing to me. <laughs> so I thought, right, fair enough. Club Club La Santa. Well, where Lanzarote. is that? Lanzarote. Like so you took the family to. Well, yeah, just me and John because I yeah. didn't have children at that point. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then again, we went in the April. I won. I won it. The By way, the way, no way I wasn't going to win a holiday. Yeah. So I just like yeah. Well, why do people? Why do you need agents? I mean, I hear it all about agents. Everybody's got yeah. an agent. Well, back but, in the day, I don't know what happens now. I'm sure. I'm presuming people still, have agents. Yeah. yeah, well, it's still it's, it's athletics is one of those sports where it's very much smoke and mirrors. Really, there's no yeah, yeah. there's no one really knows what's when I first started. Going on. Yeah, um, mean. There was a guy called Andy Norman who was like with all the British athletics promotions, yeah. and he organised no, all he organised all of the races, and he would literally come up to you at the end of a race and say, right, I can get you a race in Oslo or Stockholm. And give literally give you a plane ticket, you know. Yeah. And it was very much people were paid like you yeah. know, money in envelopes because we're all mm. meant to be amateur. Yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah. You, you did what he said as well because oh, if, you, if did. you didn't, you oh, didn't make any teams or anything. Yeah. Quite like me because I wouldn't say yeah. much anything. Um, so I was always quite keen to, to race and stuff like that. And you know, it sounds like sounds like the way boxing is. You know, you got some of these promoters and they sort of control everything. It was it was a little bit. I mean, back then it was also appearance money. So if you had a good agent, he would get you a race, and he would say, "Oh, I've got such a body who's done this, this, and this. What can you get?" I'd get between five hundred a thousand dollars a race. Yeah, uh, who's paying that? The sponsors. The race, the race the, organizers. They want like top Oscar, athletes. Yeah. Games, yeah. You've got Stockholm all, and I think it is a lot different now. And it did change in my time because then it went to 
Sports Day Foundation grants, he went to lottery funding mm. and everything went in a trust fund. So, yeah. you know, it was yeah. very, very different. Mm. And then you had, if I was sponsored by Mizuno and then Nike, and then you get a contract with them. So you'll get so much a year and you've got your agent negotiates that. So then you get like, a, like say you do the three championships, the trials, if it's televised and you come first, yeah. you get so many dollars, $500 for this. And, it all just adds up. I now have my first pair of, of Mizuno. I never worn the Wave Runner. I think Wave Rider. Oh, wave yeah. Rider. I love Mizuno. Wave, wave Rider. Matthew tells me they've been going for about 25 years. It's the 25th model, yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you worn them before? I don't know. I used to oh, yeah. just get them. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad, isn't it? I used to love my box. Or, uh, yeah, they went with Nike. I, I mean, I, I mean I've, well, these new shoes, I'd have been in there. Yeah. Oh, I'd have been in there. <laughs> <laughs> really that was my goal and I know it sounds stupid but when you're running it costs a lot of money for shoes and yeah clothes. of course it does and I just wanted to be sponsored yeah so of course you know, thought, and you did you got that free, you know? yeah. I'm just getting kit free I really wouldn't bother about money so much just getting your socks yeah. boxes and boxes of socks I've still got kit from when I, I could do with some socks uh. yeah, yeah. socks <laughs> I've still got my running my running tights I still wear my Nike running tights and they are still like new yeah they're probably a bit dated, but they're... What I do I do want to talk about is, is to all, I mean, we're talking now about injuries and, 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 and 96. Have we got any more outstanding performances before? I want to ask a few questions about sort of where you've gone after that um, point. What did I do? I think... Any comebacks? Or, I bet there were a few moments where you... There were a lot of comebacks, yeah. yeah. Sort of like, yeah. hey, I've got it, I'm back again, and then yeah, yeah, a niggle. Yeah. I think from... I mean, 96, I, I ran really well after... The season and then 97 was wasn't very good 98 i had william my son first son how old are you now sorry you're 98 uh, you sort so of getting up to i'm 32 32 yeah, yeah. you get sort of getting to that so after i will mm. right i'm gonna do sydney yeah so i've obviously i've been well i ran 10 days after having him which probably wasn't a good idea because i sort of damaged my back ever so slightly oh. which only came to light a little while after yeah but um, I did the inter-counties cross-country in about eight months, yeah. um, but really determined to do it. And I did have a little bit of a comeback in 99. I think I broke the BMC record for 1500. My word. Down yeah. in Ashford in Kent. And then I raced um, really well that year, considering he was only one. So, you know, and yeah. I think I was second or third in the three A's, three A's, three A's behind um, Kelly Holmes. So I ran about 2-2 oh, okay. that year. Yeah. So I nearly got to the world champs that year. So I was there or thereabouts. I was pushing on the door, but it was so hard with having, you know, yeah. Will and John was working full time. So it was always really a bit of a struggle. No. So I, I ran, I think Olympic year 2000, when I, when it was Sydney, I ran about, I was chasing the time. I think I was second at the three, third at the three A's, mm. um, over 800. Chased a time around Europe, I raced in Barcelona, I raced all over. The qualifying time. For the qualifying time. How, for, how close? Point one of a oh my word, that's so close. But I almost felt as if I didn't really want to go if I was chasing the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's not your ideal because every time I've been to a championship, I always wanted to go if I was feeling good. Yeah. I didn't want to go if I was going to underperform because I, yeah. I know it's part of going, but. You know, if you're not going to get to the final, or, and I know yeah. it's, you've, you've got to be there, but yeah. I've always been that kind of athlete. I've always wanted to be fully prepared if I'm racing. I've never raced if I'm underprepared. 
mm. especially at such a level. Yeah. And I'm like that now with Park Run, to be fair. Yeah. Like, Let's know, talk I'd about... Have, I'd have to be like, written top form. <laughs> yeah. So we got to the to the 88, you'd start sort of, even before that, but you'd gone to sale, 88, and all the way up to 2000, and you're yeah, still, yeah. You, you've yeah. had quite, quite a significant career, really. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And you're still knocking on the door in 2000 by 0.1 of a second. By 0.1 of a second. And uh, then I just, I and was then 34. And 34. Enough's enough. Boom, yeah. I'm gone. And I just had, I just went to me, had Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, had second child, your daughter, yeah. And I started eating cake. And, really? Well, not really. <laughs> no, but... You, no, I just, I think it was just a relief almost to yeah. not... Because when you're training hard and you're training twice a day and you're always constantly, yeah. your life revolves, I missed family weddings you know there's mm. many pictures I look like I was not even involved in family because I was always away training racing yeah. or even when you're there you probably yeah. you're that tired from, well, I from the training you're doing well I used to the cinema and I'd be out halfway through the film stretching out stretching yeah, yeah. you should have finally tuned animal when you're an athlete and the cinema would be on Bridge Street would it it's just, I'm just yeah, thinking yeah. of Santa yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, there's hardly any cinema it's a boy <laughs> <Isn't there>? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, you don't have a normal life as an athlete. Well, I didn't. I don't no, I can, I can see that even just training, like, for me, just as a bog yeah, standard, yeah. sort of, you know, you're trying oh, to push yeah. yourself. Yeah. And what happens is, I think, you get so obsessive with it and you, you can't, at times, it's difficult, to enjoy, it's difficult to enjoy ordinary Your things. Your other life is revolving around. And the fatigue, right? didn't you, do you find the fatigue as well? You know, you're yeah. doing these hard sessions and you, like, yeah. you've got no energy for... Yeah, we lived, we lived on yeah. Cali Lane and we yeah. had a relatively small house, but I still got a cleaner. Yeah. And John used to have a day off when she came because John was working hard. I was training, and I used to make him go out the house while she was. <laughs> I used to have a cleaner. What? Well, yeah, I, I, I didn't I, I, walk anywhere. Didn't sunbathe. Never used to go in the sun. I never so, used to go shopping. Did this all change then? Is that what you say? Always gone completely the other way. Yeah. But in the year two thousand, yeah. um, yeah. things started. You started to eat cake and enjoy life a bit. Yeah. And um, did you completely did. walk away from the sport then? Um, uh, yeah, I did. To some extent, yeah. for how long? Because yeah, yeah. you're still, I'm, I'm you're back still, running again now, are you? Oh, I, I don't run it at all, really. I run a bit. I just jog every, every couple of mornings and yeah. just do a little mm-hmm. bit. And um, I'm quite harsh on myself. I mean, really, I should be able to join these wonderful new groups around Park Run and all these... Absolutely. You know, Have you never thought about, because of your experience and everything, about sort of... Um, coaching. Well, you have done, you have you done, 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 co- you? You 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 done some coaching. Not, not to this Just get dragged into no, bit, yeah, doing a bit yeah, of coaching, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Someone like yourself, someone like you, someone like yourself, with all your experience, you've got a lot to. I'd like to, to be. I mean, I'd, I'd be better as a mentor. I think yeah. I'd be good at advising people. Yeah. Individually, on how that, to sort of handle thing. pressure yeah. and how to. Because yeah. there's no magic formula. I think for me, nobody really taught me how to handle pressure. Yeah. I kind of worked it out for myself. But I think it's experience of being an athlete all the way from being eleven, all the way up to being, you know. How would you? What, what would you say to any athlete going into a race that they have trained for at any level, perhaps, um, in terms of um, dealing with that pressure? What would you? What would you say to them? I think it's like keep things simple and so, be organised. You know, make mm. sure that obviously things do go wrong on race day but you know get your kit ready make sure you organize the kit and and do what norman does you know plan when is my race so when am i going to do this beforehand well but you don't have to have somebody doing it for yeah, you. you can do that yourself yeah you know and, and just make it a priority you know my own son god love him he plays cricket and you know he the other day he played cricket on the Friday night, but he was playing golf all day, you know, so then right. they don't perform, you know, so you've yeah, got to work yeah, out, yeah. what importance does this have? Do I want to run well? Well, I do, so guess what? I won't go shopping, I'll just rest, and, and rest is a big thing, and keeping out the sun, yeah, and, yeah. you know, what priority do you place on that performance? If you're not that bothered, well, you can do what you want, yeah. but if you want to run well, you've got to make it a priority in your life, so you've got to get well, a balance. Yeah, well, I remember going I, when I went out to... Armar for the, the Armar 5k yes, in 2018 yeah, yeah. like I got invited out there and I thought oh I'll go over a couple of days early so I can walk around and then I got there and I thought I can't actually I need to rest here exactly, and I just spent the whole exactly. day just in the hotel and oh. then and then I was sharing a room with um with John Beatty who's, oh, yeah. who's still running really well now and he's, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was um we, we, there was three of us in this room and the race day came round. our race wasn't till like it was like half eight at night and we, we all went out for like two miles in the morning together and yeah, we came yeah. back and all three of us were just sat there in bed with the covers pulled you know up what? with the TV on well, and that was it we didn't do. move then and do you know what I've been to every city in the whole of Europe so and I've hardly seen anything I've been to Rome it's a bit I've never seen Rome I've been there I've yeah. raced there it's a, bit, it's, hard. it's a bit depressing that they're all sat in the room with the, the blankets and watching <laughs> it. That's it's that. done exactly the right thing, and that's because <laughs> yeah. you know. And I, and I was the, oh, I was the fastest oh, in the room in the end. So. I, have, I have to go back and visit these places. And by the way, this is why I, and people listening at thirty four, it was kind of some relief as well because now yes. you can eat cake and now you can see Oslo. And you can see Oslo, yeah, bit dear though. <laughs> and that's the new thing I miss. Oh, I miss so much from running. It's like like. Being pe- like not paying for flights and not paying to do these things, and we used to stay in some beautiful hotels. Yeah. We went up to Samaritz, um, we went up Samaritz, Samaritz in Switzerland, Switzerland yeah. altitude, altitude yeah. training, yeah. and it is amazing. It's beautiful, and yeah. we stayed in their poshest hotel, and it was funded. And there was a grant for altitude training, and we were. Did you find that. that the altitude training benefited yeah, you? Definitely. Def- yeah, definitely. It, it gave you more capacity to... to well, it's, it's quite a difficult one for a lot of people to go to Kenya, don't they? But yeah. you've got to be really careful you don't train too hard when you go there. Because, yeah, because yeah, um, there's that many groups to just jump in yeah, with. Yeah, you jump in, stuff. you've got to really be careful. But again, we were organised. We had Norman as our coach. He was always going to do it the right way. So the first week you're there, you hardly do. You've got to really yeah. be mindful of your, your, your heart rate mm. you've not got to push it above because yeah. you can really above, push yourself uh, up so we went up we've been up to Mexico City for three weeks earlier on in the year so we just went really just to train and yeah. to relax and ease our way in but we stayed in this fantastic hotel it was unbelievable I would never be able to afford to stay there you know you look at it now and you're like wow yeah. and we went down for the first meal 
and they gave us this fancy food and gave us all this like you know seven course meal yeah. and we went sorry we can't eat this yeah. just want pasta give me some pasta so every night they cook they bring to our table just simple food for us and yeah. everybody else in the hotel was fine dining we've not got time for this rubbish yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've got we've got to go to bed yeah. <laughs> So even then, we couldn't enjoy the, the delights of yeah, this hotel yeah. no, no. all the wonderful things, you know. It's hard as an athlete, yeah. it's difficult. Well, I did, I did front room here, I, I went there, oh, really? I took myself yeah, there, there. Yeah. and it was, I stayed at the, the, the altitude centre there, like, yeah. so like the, the meals were just like catered very for the athletes, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I, I think I only did, I think I did two and a half weeks, and um, like, because obviously the little town, I thought, oh, on the, on the frat, on the frat, I just went on my yeah. own. And um, I ended up meeting up with Zach Seddon and, and Matt Seddon. Oh, they were yeah, out of there, sort yeah. of thing. Obviously, Zach's yeah. out in Tokyo now for, right, for the yeah, steeple chase. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, this is a good couple of years ago. But yeah, on the Friday, I thought, well, I'd done me easy run in the morning. I wasn't going to do a double day that day. It was me, that was my rest day. Yeah. So, I thought, I'll go into the town, which yeah. is a ski resort town. Yeah. So, like, everything was shut in the summer. Oh. Like, nothing opens <laughs> up. I was like, I just wanted a pizza and a pint yeah, yeah. and a beer. Like, there was nothing, I I nothing open at all. So, I was like, just walking back up to the. Did you find the altitude, though, you slept really well? Yeah, oh, well, I used an altitude training tent, you see. Oh, do you? So, well, wow. I did, I did, yeah, at the oh. time. So, so I, I, I was all prepped up for it and so things like that. you've got all these so, benefits, Matt. You should be world champion. <laughs> <laughs> clearly doing something wrong. Clearly doing something wrong. We're getting cold. <laughs> what do you think? It's about small John Joe's thing is that he, he likes to bring up, he says, I'm uncoachable, you see. That's, that's John. Well, I don't know. I think I am. I think, I think he's coachable. I think someone could coach me. You just oh, you need to tell me. You don't know anything about <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> uh, I think Matthew is is quite probably at this moment in his life uncoachable. Yeah. Yeah. But he's very talented. Oh, he is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He was in the Sizzler with me. Um, I think it was the third one, not that particular night. And um, I said to him, I thought I'll give him a bit of coaching, you know, because I don't know anything. I'll see, see what happens. So I said to him, Matthew, when you go out there, just tuck in behind. Just, just feel it, feel it, you know. Just feel it, and then, uh, but don't go charging off like a loon. Just no. tuck in and, and, and see how you go. And he, he kept nodding his head in agreement. Like I thought, like, mm. I'm getting through to him there. Yeah, yeah. And then the gun went, and he went right to the finish. <laughs> you didn't listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> I planned to. Wait, wait, I raced. I raced. <laughs> you won though, didn't you? No, this is the week before. Oh. I finished third. I finished third. Oh. Well, I, I'd only been running two so weeks. I'd only won? come back two weeks so at that how point. Did you run, how did you win that? The exact same way I went off like about a hell with well, the first, the first, the first K was yeah the first K was I did a couple of 10 two, 245 or something oh, like that I went through the first K so, so it was a bit quick 10K John 10K uh, 3247 well, just, be, just, just before just lockdown St. Helens it was oh yeah, oh. Oh, yeah. it's not oh, an easy well, one hard, yeah it's not a quick I feel I feel like I'd like to go a lot faster you know but um I'm 35. You'd already retired when I started yeah, I running. I, yeah. I, was, I was putting the tracksuit on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but distance runners go on a lot longer, don't they? So I ran, I ran a well, Chris, Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson this year. Yeah, exactly. 40. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I also, <laughs> I, we met this, well, I met this gentleman, uh, what's his name? Andy D- David. David. What's his name? Um, David. Andrew Davis. He's 41 and. Um, he ran one of the first sizzler in fourteen twenty nine or something. Really quick, like, old oh, yeah. people, yeah. You wonder whether they've sort of been athletes formally 
and they're coming back to it. But he, or are they just he was a footballer. And got the, he was I a, always think yeah. I'm like a car and my alternator's gone. I did so much running that <laughs> there's not much left. It's yeah. Kind of yeah, I've heard the car, the car analogy before. Yeah, have you? A coach yeah, said to me, well, you, you've got a very low mileage, you know, because I, yeah, yeah, I started yeah. late, you know. But I started, only started training very, very hard, like twice a day when I was about 21, 22. Yeah. So I think, yeah. but I'm also mechanically, mechanically quite sound as an athlete, so although I had niggled, I didn't have major injuries. Let me ask you, at 55, you know, there's all, obviously there's, there's all these categories, so you're in a category, mm-hmm. aren't you? Know, if you went back to the sport, yeah. you could maybe, you know, have some goals about break. Yeah, would, would you like to do that? No. No, no not really. For what reason? No, because I, I just know what commitment I'd have to give. I, yeah. I mean, if I started running at that, you know, like, Giving myself goals again, I'd be back to, you know, yeah, yeah, you've, done that. That's, that's done, yeah. And I love nothing better than just going out first thing in the morning, just having a quick run and just enjoying it. And, yeah. You know, and I could see some give and have a chat with them, and there's no pressure. I, I liked the pressure when I was doing it, but looking back, it was it was quite intense. I want to talk I about the the Anne Griffiths of today. So, you, you, 2034, you retired your, your Pilks job. You'd already finished that. What did you know in the last twenty years? What what have you enjoyed doing? What new um, well, activities and and work relate? What even your work roles and kids and everything? What, what well, I think um, immediately after finishing running, I got a job in sales selling mobile phones because it was fast and furious and competitive, and I quite enjoyed that. in Saint Helens in Warrington. Warrington, yeah. Orange, yeah. And yeah. I loved that job because mm. it was just well, it was mad. It was completely yeah. crazy and mm. worked some really funny people. Um, but I think when I had children, it sort of just was another episode of my life and I just sort of got into that really and put everything into bringing them up and me and John really thoroughly enjoyed like... Which schools being, did you send them um, to locally or...? Children went to St. Julie's and no, no, Dora no. Sal. Oh, okay, yeah. But we've enjoyed it. I mean, John especially loves coaching. In fact, he could coach Matt. <laughs> but John's a better coach than me. He's got more patience. Is John working with anybody at the moment, coaching? No, no. no he'd he'd, he'd like to he's, though. I think he would have given yeah. the chance, but wherever yeah. Will has gone sport-wise, he's got involved like with the football when he was seven, then the cricket, and nearly around the cricket team. So we've enjoyed watching the kids do their thing, really. Yeah. You know, can, I, can I just say, Anne, I mean, within this, this town, this setting, I mean, yeah. I, I've, I'm training in Liverpool, I feel as though there is people out there like yourself, like your husband, there is, um, you've got Steanders, some great runners, yeah. and, and I just feel as though if those people came back together within the sport, they could set up something yeah, sure. quite prosperous. And they, and I think feel yeah. as though um, that would be a great thing for the town. What's what's needed to, uh, because at, at the moment there's a va- va- vacuous hole of, of nothingness within the town. Within in running, yes, people are running and they're enjoying it. But there's, more but there's, there's, there's not ever. that. Yeah, there's but it's not the same running. thing though, is and it? It's, and it's fantastic. I love. You were talking about park yeah, yeah. before. Park run is a great thing. But it's also a bad thing. It's it's. Hit tell us about it, that. Come on, tell I us about that. Park run. It's. I know a lot of people are very. I think it's a great thing to get people running yeah. socially, but I think somewhere if <sighs> athletics clubs are, are worth athletes above, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you know you get these little kids doing a junior park run, but who actually looks at those children who've got a little bit of talent, and says. God, you could be a good yeah. runner. Get to your athletics club and, and start. Well, that's that's it. There's club. a disconnect. There's a disconnect, and it's both, and, and it's on both sides. Yeah. It's like on both. It's yeah, about the club yeah, system yeah, and yeah. and also the yeah. the park run sort of not encouraged because they 
obviously part control ethos is that non-competitive style know, thing and, and everything really and then you've got not, well, yeah. athletics and parkrun are not the same thing yeah. uh, parkrun is about I'd like it actually there's cake afterwards isn't there <laughs> there is so, you know and it's love I love it there's nothing yeah. better to see and like you know we've got a local group started haven't we like the bandstanders yeah, and yeah. things like that and more people my age are running I mean I have so many people who say oh you're not on Strava absolutely <laughs> not nobody's seen how, how slow I run anymore that's very much like, you know Matt um, I got a watch from Matt and it's in the cupboard. <laughs> it's obviously broken because I don't run that slow. But um, yeah, I think Parkrun has its benefits, but there needs to be a connect with. I don't. I don't know. Maybe How those do you transfer some other people who are running very well, well there. And get well, get well, the likes of obviously the type of character like Norman Poole to just drop down there on a Sunday and yeah, pick up some of these yeah. kids. Maybe you know. Well, but the pr- problem is, I don't think that Saint Helens has the. Um, well, you've got Sutton, really. That's the only club, isn't it? It's for, well, for young people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's a, bit, a volunteer. Well, that's they, the other they issue. Need... The money's going to in, money's... into things like Park Run that UK know, and the Sport yeah, England are putting it that way yeah. rather than into the clubs. And that are, that's wrong, isn't it? Yeah. Because, you know, um, and you... did all his coaching free. Yeah. There was, you know, and because he was like quite, you know, a successful Such business person, he could do it for you because it wasn't. Yeah, the problem, yeah. but when you've got coaches, I remember going to Sutton Harriers and uh, there's a guy called Colin who was like just, you know, one of the dads who's just doing it, you know, yeah. you know, just doing it for the love of it, really. But it's a lot of commitments if you've got an athlete who's getting to an elite level. Yeah. You, you know, you and that's, and that's you I mean, that's where I found myself as being. I just not had a, had a coach really like I mean yeah. I worked with, with Ray for a, a good while, Ray obviously, but obviously Ray's an 800, 1500 coach, and yeah. I've always. When I came back at 25 and started running again, mm. um, I was always in my head was, I'm going to do the five, the ten for a couple of years, and then I'm into the marathon. Yeah. Um, are you, not, are you quite fast over shorter distances? Um, I could run. Well, my best, I could do 52 for 400 and so stuff like that, but I'm not. Um, but yeah, but I, you know, but I never saw myself. I, I just couldn't. I don't know when I when I came back. Like the likes of Charlie Roberts, who's there now, who's, yeah, who's yeah. flying at the moment. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it leaves me behind now. And yeah, he's so it's really well, isn't he? yeah, he's really yeah. running well. He's yeah, the same age as my Elizabeth. Elizabeth actually, my yeah, he's just turned eighteen today. Actually, today. happy birthday, Charlie! I always wanted my kids to be runners, so we took Elizabeth. We took them both down to Sutton Harriers, yeah. and um, Elizabeth won the St Helens two K. Well, she won the girls one, and right. I think Charlie run that day. Right, but. Um, William had told her that she won a year supply of Domino's pizza. Right. <laughs> so then she came into the into the stadium. I think she got fifth or sixth. I was like, oh my goodness, this is it. And then when she realised there was no pizza, that was, yeah. that was it. You know? <laughs> She's never ran since. <laughs> and then Will, he went to the Merseyside um, Schools Championships with yeah. school, and he wore a cricket top, per my spikes, and he came something like eighth with no training whatsoever. Yeah. You know, so they're both good athletes. Yeah, but yeah. They don't. They have no desire to do it. You know, it's yeah. not. An, it's almost as if the club down there. It's good, but it's not an attractive sport anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know what it is about athletics at the moment. It's almost as if there's elite athletes, but there's no opportunity yeah, yeah, yeah. for kids to aspire to to do these sports. You know. Matthew was telling me that in Australia, I think they have a different, completely different setup. So, well, I mean, US, US, Australia, well, the US, there's all the trade, the way the system, yeah, I mean, like, you can set up your own, yeah, I mean, we're starting to, we're starting to see, because they, obviously, it's all in the university system it's, in, yeah, in the US, went to American university. yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, and then, and then obviously from there, like, 
now they've got all like the little training camps so stuff like the Tim Men Elite stuff like the Tra- North Arizona these Elite training camps we need to maybe do well that's what I've wanted to do I, I, I said like that's, that's it's, 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 it's like a hub so it's just my a idea is for John who, who's passionate your husband who wants to get back involved to set up a training hub or to I be a part to be a part of that uh, with support from yourself and then all these people who have been phenomenal athletes in the past when you look at the St. Helens you know there should be a training hub. Matthew could yeah. perhaps work with, with, to, with setting something up like that. that would, yeah. Apparently, you can actually set up your own club, 150 pounds. I didn't oh, realise yeah. that. Yeah, that's, that's, but, that's but, but that's why I, well, I said to him. I said to him. I'm like, I said that's what for the shop. That's yeah. what you know the sponsorship yeah. of like because we. Yeah. I mean, because that's it. You've got like either you've got like the like the NAZ elite squad out in in Arizona, mm-hmm. uh, Hoka sponsored. But then you've got stuff like the Tim Men elite one, who are just there's a couple athletes who are uh, sponsored by Adidas. And then the squad just gets kit sort of thing, yeah, yeah. and then you've got I think it's Emma Coburn's group oh, of yeah, Team yeah, Boss. It's she. I mean, they're all different. Some of those, they're all they've all got different sponsors. So mm-hmm. she's New Balance, but there's yeah. ones in there that are Under Armour and things. But they're all it's the coach and then you, the, the, the support you, they've you, got. You, you don't. Want... We've got the New Balance squad. Is probably the Manchester yeah, New Balance. Yeah. Is is that yeah. the first one yeah. of that in the that UK? Was quite a while ago, wasn't yeah. I think it was, uh, what, when you're setting. Tom Lancashire was in that, wasn't he? Tom Lancashire back in the day. Uh, I don't know if Tom was. Yeah, yeah, it might have been. When you Johnny, s- Johnny Miller is he's the, oh, he's, he was one of the other ones. When you're setting up this training hub, <laughs> yeah. you, you don't want to step on any toes. But if you're setting up a training hub and you're bringing in people who are completely outside, like John, who's been, you know, he's not done anything. You're bringing something very special to the Which table. It's really funny because we, like, obviously, Will's played cricket. So when who does he play for? I keep he, thinking he about this. He plays down at Town, St. Helens Town here, but he's played. What, where, are they, where do they play, Ruskin? Ruskin Drive. Which yeah. is where you started. Yeah, well. I, I thought there was a connection there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's been not. He he went down to Newton Willows and he played down there and he started there. Then he's moved around a bit. Went to Australia to play cricket, but um, he's he's now. Um, but everywhere where he's gone, like John's always said, like we'll make a little fitness group and try and yeah. get cricketers running. So John is he loves yeah, yeah. coaching and he's very good. Yeah, he is good. I'm not really like that. John's yeah. not like that. Person. That's it. We mum was to say, you know, yeah. yeah I like being coached. Because I've had really good coaches yeah. all the way through. I had Dave Goodwin to start, who was just a small coach, and yeah. he, but he, he just had really good ideas. And I've had lovely coaches, and my dad even who gave me great advice. And I think I could never do that. I'm yeah. Too, too. Uh, I don't know. I like being coached and being organised. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, I think that, I think that's where I sometimes struggle with with or. Or coaches struggle with me in the fact because that I because you don't like being told I've, what to do. No, I, I no, I prefer to be told what to do, <laughs> do than that. But yeah, yeah. it's because I've read up so much. I yeah, read, you know, I read every biography, and then see, I'm like, yeah, but everybody's different. What's this so or what's that? It. I suppose I'm questioning it, but I yeah, think that's good to question yeah, it a little bit sometimes. But the, the key, the key in all of athletics is keep it simple. What works for you? Because what works for you? Because I knew that I didn't do a lot of my mileage really, really quick. Because I knew that. I worked better with short recovery yeah. sessions, so I could get much fitter by doing lots of short recovery sessions. So, you know, I'd go on training weekends and they'd all be like in the distance. I'm like, yeah. you know, I can't be bothered. But then I would race a 10K on Boxing Day and run 33.11. Yeah. And I was, wasn't was running that time training. I'd be doing all my mileage in like six yeah. minutes. But then your, mile, your miles that you were doing, 60, 70 miles a week, you mentioned. Yeah. So, but yeah. that's a lot of miles. Because I was going to say, my mum only did that much and as a 10k marathon runner. So, like in a heavy week, and that would be yeah. including sessions, yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. just pure mileage. Yeah. So, 
if I sort of ran a few strides, I count that as half a mile. So I yeah. probably won't be running 70 miles yeah. a week. But I'd run 33.11 yeah. for, for 10k. But I couldn't well, I couldn't concentrate that long. It, yeah. it was, it was, I used to find it hard. I remember doing that and I, I didn't run with a watch on and I remember thinking, God, this is hard. And the reason it was hard because I'd ran out the park. Yeah. But I didn't think about it. I just did it, you know. I find running without a watch uh, far more beneficial for me I can feel more yeah. I can just enjoy being you I know. see people with earphones in that no way on earth I could run with with earphones anything yeah. and I don't like wearing watches yeah I don't I don't know you just got to run how you feel yeah yeah but I suppose when I was obviously doing sessions no one was holding the watch I would have a watch on and, yeah. you know, and things like that well, it's using it but drawing the line somewhere isn't yeah. it I think you that's listen to you yeah to what's going on you know yeah. Well, there was one more thing. It's been a fascinating interview. Um, let's what have you learned? Have you learned anything? I've learned a great deal. <laughs> I have, you know, a, a superstar runner who has been successful. We want to hear, and we've heard your story. You, you were right up there. Um, as, and, and to become the best at anything, you've got to be dedicated, haven't you? And, mm. and, and you must have been at that period well, in your I, life. I, don't think of, I just don't think of myself as any different to the next athlete. But when I, you know, John always says this to me, but you were. Yeah. It just, I just enjoyed every minute of it. If I could go back, I don't think I would change a lot because I did what I did. and I You'd did have it. left Pilkington sooner. Yeah, just that. But there's not a lot, though, because I think even with that, you know, I used to love going into work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, perhaps and having that, that sort of, you, yeah. like, you could just take a break from yeah. when you're a full-time athlete. Our our training group trained in the evening, so what were they going to do all day? You yeah. know, sit watching Oprah Winfrey, who's not probably... So I'd go into work, desk job anyway, and a lot of the people, you know... Another thing, I mean, I used to go in, and if I'd ran really badly, the whole of the works would have seen me. Yeah. So, you know, they'd oh, you ran, you ran rubbish. Yeah. If I won a race, they'd never see it. You know, I'd yeah. walk in thinking, oh, I bet they've all seen the race, and, and I'd walk in and nobody'd say anything. But it just grounds you as well. You, know, yeah. you don't get above what, what you think you are, you know. Yeah. What I want to know now about the Anne Griffiths of the future, what, what do you look forward to in the future? You, you, you've, oh. you've brought up. Two amazing oh, yeah. children who are doing really well, and your husband. Oh, and you're setting up a training hub. Yes, we're setting up the training. Apart from the training hub, I just think, oh, well, I'm 55, I feel about 65, but no, I just want to maintain a little bit of exercise, keep fit, just enjoy life. I, I love going to, now I've gone into sort of watching musical theatre, watching films, right, and yeah. just helping the kids sort of just. Any, any hobbies or interests that we don't know about that you, 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 you know? Um, well, I, I, like, I like musical theatre and um, Elizabeth got me into all that and we go yeah. to the cinema a lot. Would you like to get involved in some performance yourself, perhaps? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. We've got a couple of lovely prizes for we for you. We we know that you're a, you're a big red wine drinker, so. I'm not yet. <laughs> I am now. What is it? So, oh, it's a good one. It's a Shiraz. And James Harriet, what does that remark? Yorkshire's James. Well, you know what? The reason I picked that is because when I was about 16, I used to read the James Harriet books. So we had a series. Going of... to races, actually. Really, yeah. I always kept that one. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and 
he had a and and you know what I absolutely love reading his books so it kind of reminded me of when I was about 15, 16 and I'd be going on a coach to a race yeah. and I'd take a book with me and for the listener what, what's the book about you know what are the they about the book is about it's James Herriot's Yorkshire with photographs no, I mean the books that you used to read oh, by. What the ones? Well, they were all about countryside, were they? No, they're all about. He was a vet, and it was about the stories of him being a vet in Yorkshire. And uh, have you ever seen? Have you never read James Herriot? They're uh, very funny books, and they made a TV series out of it as well, which was quite funny. But the books were brilliant and um, I got a sneaking suspicion you're a big fan of Jeremy Paxman so. I quite like it yeah only because we love watching University Challenge in our house and it gets very competitive you know what none of us can ever answer a question and this <laughs> we do it gets competitive so what we do is we all sit down one of the only things we probably will all watch together and it's like we compete how many questions we can get right. I can't get any right either. I don't want to. Jeremy Paxman on royalty. Yeah. Are you fine? I do like the you, royal family. You like Jeremy because he's mm. he's quite. What he's, do you like about him? Well, I think he's quite outspoken. He's got. Abrasive. Yeah. He's quite intolerant of some of the people, you know, and they're taking their time answering questions. Oh, I love that, yeah. And he gets, oh, come on, hurry up. Yeah. He gets very impatient. Did you remember that? Well. You recall that one with, was it Michael Howard, the Conservative? Uh, oh, right. Yeah. And he kept asking them yeah, the yeah. same Yeah, way. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good guy. He is. Royal family, I don't particularly like them or dislike them. I'm indifferent to them. And I, I just think, feel as though... Uh, the reason I'm in, indifferent. No, I want. I want. I want to hear. I want to hear why you support them because I'm interested in that. Support them. I, I, so. I could support. I, I quite. I, I feel. I mean, who'd want to be the queen? You've got to sit through the treatment of the colour every year. I mean, it's the same every year. She's done it for how long? Sixty odd years. God love the woman. Do you feel that once she? They're in a prison almost, aren't they? They're born to it. You yeah. can't get out though. You can if you're Harry. Can't well, you, you can get out. You can. Well, you can, but it's what, not. What about if the Netflix series The Crown? Oh, I don't watch yeah. that rubbish. Anyway. <laughs> when the Queen, <laughs> when the Queen sadly, sadly um, oh, well, departs, would do you not feel that the royal family should be maybe potentially disbanded? No. For what reason? Because it just goes back centuries, and it's just. Mm. Have you been to the book? Buckingham Palace. Buckingham Palace is Being outside, I think. I'm John, not, not John Joe's Irish uh, anti oh. anti. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not. always been there. And what's the alternative? The alternative is a republic. And you and you look at sort of America and you look at the presidential selection. Tony Blair, you know, he would be the president yeah, then, wouldn't he? Then but it wouldn't be good, would it? He'd still, ma- he still made all those mistakes, though, wouldn't he? He'd, he'd still have made all those. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, if we call them mistakes. There's no right or wrong way. I think why change a winning formula? You know. Is it a winning formula? I do question that. Um, <laughs> but I agree to disagree with you over that particular. No, I mean, you know, we've all but got different how opinions. How should we pay for the royal family? Well, this is an interesting question because people bring up like the money, you know, and how much money they bring in and all this. But, but how much for me, money well, this is the question. This is the argument for them. And, and you know, it is just our history, you know. And where would we go? What would we? Ha- what would be the alternative? It would be, you know, you've got the Queen there, who's just there, and it's kind of just a stability kind of thing, you know. It's yeah, because it, know, I, I heard. You should pay the the peripheral royals. I think you should maybe get rid of a few of them, but maybe a monarch with a couple of appendages and. I heard Stephen Fry's argument for them. I disagree with him as well, but. Is <laughs> you saying you disagree with me? No. <laughs> On this, on this particular, but Fry's, Fry's um, his reason for them were, um, yeah, interesting because 
He he said that of course Tony Blair or currently Boris, um, he they have to go sort of cap in hand to the Queen, yeah. but she's always going to sign the because well, exactly. if she if she didn't, yeah, but but the fact that he has to do that, it's as if I love that. I think it's a, it's yeah. like a sort of it's just steeped in history and it's only a routine. But, um, like when they do mm. Black Rod, you know, when they're going into you know the very traditional mm. things we've always done. And but I then again, when you when you look at the bubble of Westminster, I mean. Oh, yeah. Deary me. No, I mean, I don't know how we I got mean, from running to this I, one, but at the end, but um, yeah. anyway, <laughs> cut this bit, you know. This, <laughs> this, is, this is not what people want to listen to. In Slovakia, it? we have a huge I audience. Have, I, love, I love Slovakia. And you've you've and been. I used to race in Bratislava all the time. Beautiful crystal, nice country. One more message from Anne regarding um, St Helens and the positive. Yeah, what you what your feelings of St Helens and, and, and how it's changed maybe and how you'd like to see it go in the future? That's that's, that's my fi- my final thoughts because um, we've had. Well, I think we need to sort of. I mean, it's not. I think St Helens has developed, especially sporting wise, with the Steve Prescott Foundation with the St Helens Ten K. Although you need to make that flat. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not being funny. It's a tough course, but as well, that's what 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 makes it good. I think over the years, I mean, when I first started running to see a runner on the street, you, I mean, I had things thrown at me through cars. My dad used to have to be on the bike next to me to make sure I was okay. Really? Because people didn't run in the streets yeah. really a lot. There weren't a lot of runners. Yeah. And now you see every size, shape, gender, everybody running, and it's just fantastic to see. And you drive past... Um, Victoria Park and there's constantly groups there training and I just think that's a really really good thing and I'm sure it's happening across the country it's just identifying young people who start that journey with the parents and get them into athletics to produce our Olympic champions of the future because I do worry about the state of British athletics the fact that it's very elite at the top but what's happening underneath what's bringing these athletes through yeah very very um it's been marvellous. It's been marvellous. It's been marvellous, We've only been going on for one hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> That's the a joking. The <laughs> <laughs> um, St. Helens, you've seen it change. Though. Have, have you seen it change over the years? Oh, God, yeah. In, in good and bad ways. Yeah, about good and bad ways. Because I mean, you, the town centre Could you identify some of those? <laughs> no, I mean the good <laughs> and the... <laughs> There is a regeneration project, a regeneration apparently. In pro- There's a great running shop there. We now. have a running shop called Mets Run, <laughs> run by Matt Crane. It's very, very good. And um, we've, got, we've got excellent facilities for football. And, it, yeah, the schools are good. I don't know. I mean, it's just changed because it just changes, doesn't it? We've got a really good rugby team. We've just won the Challenge Cup. We, we've got the training hub, you know, that we, we're going to be, you, oh, yeah. be organising. We've got this St. Helens 10K, but years ago there was like a half marathon. There's more races in St. Helens. Well, that's across the country. That's like. Yeah. Could you not hope to bring some of those back? Well, we've got this is the 10K, haven't we? Yeah. That's, you know, yeah. that's involved with that. And there's talks. There's talks. It's just a different, it's a, different, um, it's a different world now, isn't it? And, you know, there's far more things for people to do, um, especially children. They're on gaming, for one. And, yeah, you yeah. know, do you want to like go and throw yourself around the track? Or do you want to sit in your bedroom playing online with your friends and. Quite hard to get people 
motivated. And a lot of people now run when they're older because they've not done it when they're younger. Because yeah. you've got too many things going on, you know, going out with friends and drinking, and that's the other sacrifice you make. Yeah. As an athlete, isn't it? You know, you sacrifice your social life and, um, you know, clubbing and things like that. It's been marvellous. It has. Can we do it again? Yeah, of course we can. <laughs> So, but yeah, thanks for coming on, Anne, and uh, yeah, I'm sure we will do it again.